Joel, you already you already did the countdown. Yeah, I did. What a fucker. <laughs> you, got, you couldn't get your tab because apparently you painted your nails or something. I didn't paint my nails. I have no nails. That's why. Mm-hmm. Don't want to ruin that manicure. Man, man, a cure. You know what I mean? Shut the fuck up. What beer are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Movie Bonus. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, the beer I have today is just one that seemed like it would be good on a fall day, a nice, cool fall day. Uh, it's from the Springdale Beer Company, and I just found out they are out of Massachusetts. Okay. Um, Framingham, Massachusetts, and is called Brig. It's a mocha stout, chocolate coffee stout, and it is delicious. All right. All right. Um, mine will probably be fairly polarizing. Oh. Yeah. And this is, uh, this will be a moment I think you're going to laugh at me for. Okay. Uh, so I am drinking House of Torment. It's a mm. pumpkin ale. <laughs> I came so close to getting a pumpkin ale this time. Uh, I actually didn't get it because it's a pumpkin ale. I got it for the name and was like, hey, that's, that's fitting for, okay. for the show. Um, it's a good thing I really like pumpkin pie because this kind of tastes like pumpkin pie. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it, but it's uh, it's from, where are you? Uh, Fourth Tap Brewing right here in Austin. So if you like pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. this is a pretty good beer. It's a pretty good yeah, beer. I, I hear a lot of people shit on pumpkin beer, but pumpkin pie sounds great. Everybody likes that. I, uh, yep. I think okay. I really like that. So nice. I guess I'm a, a basic white guy. <laughs> yep. Exactly. You might as well be wearing Ugg boots. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not wearing Ugg boots. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to Wandering Lion Studios for our beer. Uh, they sponsor oh. our beer segment. Wandering Lion Studios is an awesome independent film studio out of Michigan. Uh, go check them out, wanderinglionstudios.biz. And uh, they have uh, some new stuff coming out, new short films that they're making, but they also have services that normal people can take advantage of. Things like uh, they'll review your script and give you constructive feedback. They'll film behind the scenes or film your actual project if you need that. So, yeah, if you have use of them, definitely check them out. Very cool guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten to know them decently well over the last year so check them out yeah. they're a lot of fun they're really easy going guys to talk with and they're all about independent artists so mm-hmm. if that's yeah. you hit them up they've been great supporters of the podcast even before yeah. they started sponsoring it they're just uh really helpful and cool guys yeah yeah uh we've taken a lot of advice from them actually especially from mm-hmm. the early days so thank you wandering lions you guys rock uh yeah. Man, this beer is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I kind of <laughs> wish I had more than just one of this flavor. <laughs> you didn't get a whole sixer? No, no. So when I go to get the beer, I'll usually try to get like uh, my create your own six pack. Mm-hmm. That way I have an easier time picking a beer out for the episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tracking this one down was a little difficult, though, because all the fall beers are pretty much gone. And now yeah, all the through. yeah, all the Christmas beers are here. So 
my daughter actually is the one that found this for me. And she was like, Dad, it says torment. You like that. And I don't know how to take that. <laughs> Dad, you're tormented, aren't you? <laughs> you have a tormented soul. I hear. But, it, but it turns out she, she picked a pretty good beer for me. So thank you, kiddo. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. complain about that. I like this beer. I like it a lot. <laughs> Speaking of things you like a lot, I know that this episode will be, prop. I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, a very personally important episode for you, yes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was very excited for, I was very excited for bringing this up largely because I enjoy how passionate you are about Michael Myers and Halloween. <laughs> I fucking love Michael Myers. <laughs> I love Michael Myers. You marry him already. He is my favorite. I would probably shouldn't do that because <laughs> I would not survive. But that would wanna, be cool. I okay, I so bride of Michael Myers fan fiction with you. <laughs> with me getting married and then dying immediately. Yeah. So watching all these movies, one thing kept going through my head of like Man, it must be so much fun to die by Michael Myers' hands. Like, it just, like, it looks so much fun. And that might be the most fucked up thing I say today. <laughs> it looks like a blast. It reminds me of how adverse you are to cult movies, like cults in general, yeah, in real yeah. life, also not just movies. Um, but I think if there was a cult following of Michael Myers who sacrificed himself to him just because it was fun, that's something you would be susceptible I to. I would not do that. <laughs> you the, just... No, the fictitious so death. The fictitious <laughs> death oh, <laughs> looks okay. like fun. <laughs> you fucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> he's my favorite horror character. He's just... Oh, my God. When you were mm-hmm. like, hey, you want to do a whole Halloween episode? Like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Well, actually, you know what? I will neither confirm nor deny, even though that's mm-hmm. basically admitting. I almost went and spent a god-awful amount of money on like mm-hmm. a full Michael Myers suit, complete with the mask yeah. and everything, just for this. And then I was like, no, because you're an adult. And you should probably, like, not spend money that you don't need to. I thought being adult meant what, that you could spend as much as you wanted on, like, a full-size Batman, out, Batman outfit, a full-size Michael Myers outfit. Although I will say it's more I've almost done to that, ju- too. It's more economical <laughs> to just get the mask and then just get a general mechanics. Right, right. Like, uh, so I, I opted out of doing that, and I figured, you know, I've got the shirts. I've got my, my Funko Pop. I've got my new print of michael um i i told you before we recording or it had to have been right before you hit record where i debated like having a giant knife with me while we recorded (laughs) uh i opted out of that because we're not sure how youtube would have responded to me holding an actual weapon so uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i'm stoked which is funny so michael myers is my favorite but I'm not a big fan of a whole lot of the franchise. <laughs> like there's, there are some of the sequels that are just, mm-hmm. uh, nope. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally understand that because my fandom about a lot of things is that way too, where I 
latch on to a specific thing about some topic and I like just that piece of it or just that style of it and all the other styles, I'm like, oh, gross, don't, don't stop messing with my thing. <laughs> yeah. And I know there are a lot of people that love something so completely and genuinely that they love every single thing that exists about it. Like if there's an anime about it, they'll love it. Even if they don't like anime, they just love that thing. And I'm not that person. I'm like, no, I like this style, this mood, this like coloring, all of the like very specific things about it. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to talk about it because I, although I'm not a fan of a handful of the sequels, uh, I will still find myself like watching all of them mm-hmm. just so I can see a, a kill or, you know, yeah. a kill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's say it, none of them are terrible, but several of them are below average for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of fun little tidbits about these movies. So, yeah. And a, and a long history for sure. Uh, so I think because there are 12 movies, so we're going to include Halloween Kills, the latest release, yep. kind of do what, with this, what we just did with James Bond, where there's new movies coming out. And that's really fun to do and touch on this series that led up to that release that just happened. Um, so we'll be going through 12 movies because there's a lot of them probably won't go super deep on them, but I'm sure we'll spoil some just kind of talk in general about how that, how the landscape built up to this and then what we thought about the latest movie also at the end. Yeah. I imagine we'll probably have a lot to say about Halloween kills. I know you and Christy were (laughs) eager to get my opinions. I've had coworkers eager to get my opinions and I keep telling everyone like, you're going to have to wait till we record. Uh, I do have, opinions <laughs> Halloween okay. kills uh, Good. Waiting, <laughs> waiting desperately to hear what you think about it because I have opinions yeah. too but uh, mine matter less because I'm less of a super fan <laughs> uh, yeah we should dive into this man we should dive into yeah. this uh, the only other thing I was going to say because we've been doing this episode or this podcast for a little while uh, we're dropping this around Halloween obviously the series is synonymous with Halloween Uh, the holiday but Mm -hmm. if you're interested in like general horror movies definitely check out our top 10 horror episode and our uh we had a halloween monster mash episode where we just listed cool low like unknown or lesser known less common halloween movies you should check out last year so but this year we're just gonna go through kind of the godfather of halloween movies Yes, it's in the name, the whole thing. Like, every sequel takes place on Halloween night. Uh, Yeah, I liked how you posted the, there's no other, what did it say, no other franchise that is so synonymous Mm -hmm. with the holiday. And it's it's true, Uh, which is funny, because Halloween itself, it's not just like the, oh, it happens to take place on Halloween, because that's an easy sell. Like Halloween night mm. ends up being very important for Michael Myers. Uh, those freaking clown outfits, man. You got to watch out for those mm-hmm. clown outfits. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> Clowns are just as dangerous as anything else. That's what you learn from this. <laughs> clowns are the gateway killer suit. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. No offense to professional clowns out there, but <laughs> yeah. Kind of freak people out. Yeah, you you know what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you want to get into this? We might and we might as well. 
So Man, I'm trying to find, I forgot to jot down my f- like one big note and now I can't find where I had originally. Oh my God. What the hell? Oh, oh, this is new. We're trying new things. We're trying to be new. We're trying to be modern. <laughs> yes. We're evolving as a podcast. So if you're not watching the video version, I've pulled up the Halloween trailer, which I don't know if I'll have any audio, probably no audio would be best for this. Um, yeah, I, mean, I thought we'd watch some of the trailers and we have an actual timeline because the timeline of these movies gets very complicated and confusing. It, it gets a little wacky and I do have a very fun note on the timeline of the Halloween franchise. So Nice. So I'm, I'm going to pause the video. One of the okay. things, obviously, that Halloween is huge about is... Uh, the slasher genre kind of helped define the slasher genre more clearly, made it more mainstream. Wasn't the first movie to put uh, the audience in the point of view of the killer, as we learned from Scream and other, you know, history, things that happened. Uh, but I think it is probably the most powerful or most well-known one that did do that. And I think that kind of pushed that idea forward in a much more mainstream kind of way, you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I also think um, the fact that the movie came out in 1977, uh, right? 77 or 78. Sorry, there, 78. Eight. Uh, 1978. So that that's actually one of my favorite things about that original Halloween is how dated it is. Because mm-hmm. in 1978... Uh, that was still when filmmaking was, we kind of have to learn how to do this. We don't have like any special techniques quite yet. We have to create as we go. Mm-hmm. And so having the whole like filming it from the killer's perspective, especially the opening sequence with Michael as a child, uh, it just it helps sell that. It kind of puts you in like the same mentality of when you watch Jaws, mm-hmm. where you feel uncomfortable and like oh my god i'm you're looking through michael's eyes and you're stabbing your sister 16 times <laughs> uh it it, right. it does such a great job of like kicking things off to make you uncomfortable from the get-go mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the best things about michael but i love the fact that it's so old and i actually i mean you watch the whole franchise and the first halloween is still, in my opinion, the most effective mm-hmm. in making you uncomfortable, making the scare not so much like, uh, uh, just lost how I was going to say that, but it, it's not so modernized scary. They don't worry too much. I mean, the kills are brutal, mm-hmm. yes, but it's not uh, over the top. It always feels like a struggle. You feel, I mean, when he stabs a guy in the gut, Mm-hmm. And leaves him hanging on the door, which is a a little thing they've kept running throughout the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. But the first one is the best one because you hear it like the squelch is so well done <laughs> in that original one. And the, the legs twitching is so well. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I was telling my daughter, that's probably my favorite kill in the whole franchise. She was like, Dad, there's something wrong, man. <laughs> I'm like, don't judge me, child. Right. Uh but I do love how old it is. And I, I love that that time period when you watch Halloween, you really do kind of have to put yourself into what it was like 
in the late seventies, you know, mm-hmm. there was still a mentality of neighborhood safety. Right. And Halloween kind of squashes that. <laughs> now you've got a slasher who doesn't talk. There's no reasoning with him. He's just there to kill you. Right. Uh, yeah. We had so much fun. <laughs> it, we had things. I've heard that Halloween was credited with, uh, in being inspired partly by psycho and Texas chainsaw and things that came before, mm-hmm. But all of those are out in the sticks, out in the boonies, kind of off the beaten path. And the Michael Myers is in a suburban neighborhood, like a very popular, safe, yeah. wholesome kind of place where you have, you know, stereotypical white picket fences and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, for it to become a nightmare scene uh, is is pretty scary. And I, I like definitely what you said about how just how old it is and how they had to do certain things or try certain things for the first time. I think that's a huge credit to John Carpenter who wrote, directed, composed the theme and, and uh, is an absolute legend. (laughs) John Carpenter is like an absolute genius. And he made this very early on in his career. Like the only other movie that you would, that gets talked about nowadays before this was assault on precinct 13. But this was right after Mm -hmm. that. And before, everything else before the thing before they live before everything yeah halloween just halloween did a lot of cool things uh for filmmakers actor well actresses namely jamie lee curtis yeah introducing Uh, her yeah john carpenter it just halloween was so well done it was like that perfect trifecta Mm -hmm. uh, where they just tapped into everything that would make it effective and it is an effective film, and it's awesome seeing John Carpenter's career just blowing up right after that, him becoming like a godfather in not only the horror genre, but in filmmaking in general. Like, mm-hmm. his name is just, you respect the hell out of that name. Right. Uh, and then Jamie Lee Curtis's career just takes off, and she inadvertently starts a whole new brand when it comes to horror mm-hmm. which was like the scream queen thing yeah and she's still regarded as like nope she is the all-time <laughs> you know she was very and then i i always laugh too so halloween also really create well i mean you had texas so leatherface was already there but i i don't really consider texas chainsaw like the slasher style flick. It's just a very disturbing movie. Mm -hmm. Whereas Halloween is straight slasher. And it really kind of propelled that whole idea of the slasher killer character in the genre and beyond. Mm -hmm. Cause there's plenty of slashers in like mystery films or detect, you know, dramas now. Uh, But it's so cool to see how Halloween has had such a lasting effect on audiences. I mean, you mm-hmm. watch like when the Halloween uh, from 2018, when the preview started rolling for that and people realized it was a Michael, My- like, Oh shit, Michael Myers is back. And the previews are hinting at the brutality. Mm-hmm. Halloween kills preview comes out and they're hinting at the brutality flat out showing you some. Mm-hmm. And both times I just remember the audiences I was in the theater with just being like, Oh no, (laughs) like people are so uncomfortable and immediately like, Ooh, there's a, there's a, a, like a a feeling or a, you know, whatever that comes with Michael Myers, where, you know, 
like it's just pure danger. Yeah. There's there's no <laughs> like you're not going to get a villain that's going to give you a big speech mm-hmm. and laugh at you. You have a villain who's just going to kill you with whatever is near him at the moment. Right. And I, I think that's pretty cool on how effective he's been over the years. I've I've talked to other friends who saw Halloween, the original, at young ages. And they're still affected by it, you know, now in their 30s, where they're like, shouldn't have watched that movie when I was six years old or seven years old. <laughs> they're yeah. like, have a hard time being home alone to this day. <laughs> and you're like, I get that. I... I understand that feeling. I didn't watch Halloween until I was a teenager, mm-hmm. but I immediately like latched to it. But I was just so hooked immediately into the world of Haddonfield. And I, I've, I don't know why, but I've always loved the little detail that they chose Illinois mm-hmm. as the state to like set this film in. It's very, it just seems so. Yeah, it's so random to me, and just like they made this nice little suburban town where it is that like perfect neighborhood. Oh, we had this horrible tragedy, but now the town has made such a point to kind of hide it, mm-hmm. and like we just we've moved on, we found peace, and then of course Michael comes home, and it's I mean the body count in the first movie is only three, yeah, very like low. that he actually murders, yeah. But it always feels higher, and the three kills are very effective because they're so brutal. <laughs> I mean, they're just they're so upfront. I mean, okay, so you just paused it right there. Yeah. So you got the like. I'm amazed they have the this, tiny this scene in the trailer because it's the most scary and effective scene to me. Is it? Whenever Michael is lurking, and you see like the hints of him lurking in the shadows and shit. Yeah. That's genuinely frightening. I mean, young kids, mm-hmm. most audiences see this kind of image and they're like instantly just looking behind their shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, it looks like I have the night light on tonight. Yeah. I'm looking for the boogeyman tonight. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> that, that's always been one of the fun things about how Michael Myers and Halloween is how they, how he has become a, uh, paired with the boogeyman lore that kids have already been afraid of that there's something under the bed there's something in the closet and there is often in these movies and his name is michael myers and he's in your closet and (laughs) right he's so scary for that reason but he's yeah everything you said is is perfect and he these are my favorite scenes as well where he is in the background he's in a reflection in the window and He's just kind of always there, always watching from a distance, always sneaking up. Never, run, oh, yeah. never runs anywhere, never chases anybody. He's just walking. He's an unstoppable force that's that's coming after you, and you can't do anything to stop it. He goes through doors, he goes through windows, and he's just <laughs> intent on killing you. And the dude can take a hit. He gets shot. He gets dropped out of a building. Mm-hmm. He's like, and he keeps getting up. Uh, so funny thing about Michael Myers with my daughter. So she has not watched Halloween. Mm-hmm. She is getting older now where like she's getting close to that age where I'm totally okay if she watches it. But, <laughs> and that might be a hot take because if she watches it with me, there are several times I'll tell her like, cover your eyes. Yeah. Trust me, audiences. I'm not that bad of a dad. I, I, remember, but- <laughs> I remember that phase very well where you were uh, 
I'm old enough to watch cool movies, but not every part of the cool movie. You have to cover your eyes. Right, right, right. Room. <laughs> yeah. um, but there was this was a few years ago now. Uh, I had on my phone, my background was Michael Myers' face. And it was like, it was that. It was him in the shadow, so you only saw half of his face. And she saw the background, this photo on my phone from the backseat of my car Mm -hmm. and instantly started screaming, Mm -hmm. like could not look at it, could not be around it. Mm -hmm. That is telling. When you create a character, when you create a villain that is so disturbing Mm -hmm. and instantly frightening. Yeah. That you have, and she was even nine. Even outside of context, it's not like a scary situation. You just, yeah, you just know that by was, looking at it that's that a was, bad thing. Yeah, that was before like she started asking questions about horror characters. Now she knows a lot about them because she's constantly asking questions. <laughs> but I always took that as like, a, if John Carpenter, if I could tell John Carpenter, give him some affirmation, not that he needs any more of mm-hmm. like you you did this so well Mm -hmm. michael myers is so perfect yeah you had my child who has no context to him Mm -hmm. see a photo and was like petrified that's scary she was so terrified so i had to change the background on my phone for a quite a while (laughs) she just couldn't see michael now now she's a little more comfortable now (laughs) now you have it when she sees this Right. Well, I told her that I was getting this and I showed it to her and she was like, can you not have it in the living room? I was like, I'm going to have it for the episode. She was like, can you put it in your room? <laughs> you know, So I'm like, when you come home, I'll probably put it in my room. So there are two characters my daughter cannot handle looking at because mm-hmm. they just give her the, the heebie-jeebies. Michael and Pennywise are the two. Yeah. Like every other character, she's like, whatever. But those two, she just she has that understanding of what they represent, and mm-hmm. she's very like uh, aware mm-hmm. of how that makes her feel. <laughs> yeah. But Michael Myers is so he's yeah. so good. He like he taps into that base primal instinct of fear that you talked about. People in theaters see a trailer and they're just afraid of that guy. And it's I love this first movie because he doesn't do anything fancy he just kind of walks around follows people stabs them kills them uh kills a couple of people there are later movies where and so i think for that reason i associate him with like basic not basic but like a base instinct uh like carnal animalistic kind of just need to kill driven to kill yeah and so what late in other movies when he does more human things like drive a car or is clever in some way i'm like that just feels weird that's like not really it's like seeing a dog like walking on his hind legs you know it's just like that's yeah he's no that's i mean he does i get it he's a person yes he passes as a person in the real world for long stretches of time where nobody knows where he is or what he's doing but still it's too it's it's i prefer him just walking around killing people i mean he does he does drive a car in the original one but it's very Mm short-lived and you don't really like it's not a focal point he simply uses it just to like oh i'm just gonna get a little farther into town and then he knows the neighborhood because it's where his home is yeah and (laughs) every every installment though i'm constantly like 
why the fuck didn't you tear this house down? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Idiots. People keep moving into Michael's house and they make jokes about it. Idiots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, don't you know he's coming home? He will murder you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Always comes home. <laughs> but yeah, that first one, I remember. So I, I watched it in high school when I was working at that video store. And I remember sitting down. This was after I had gotten over my fear of everything. Cause growing up, I was afraid of like just everything. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got over that and I'm watching Halloween. And I just remember watching the movie and being completely engrossed in it. But there were so many times during it where I wasn't afraid, but I was antsy. And that was different for me. Yeah. I wasn't just like laying down on the couch and being like, whatever, I can do that now. Mm -hmm. But back then, uh, I was like, man, I'm like every shot of him just watching Lori broad daylight Mm -hmm. from like down the sidewalk. Instantly, like, oh, this is like you almost feel gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody, talk, everybody talks about the point of view shots through, like, through the holes in his mask at the beginning, and that's that's certainly iconic for a slasher movie. But I think the over the shoulder view of him watching her walk down the sidewalk or walk across the street or whatever is even more scary because you're looking at him, it's just like- you hear him breathing. It's just so scary. <laughs> It's frightening. Yeah. And, and, you know, there was so much in it and watching him just like, oh my God, this guy, every time they do a close up of him, and it's really only in uh, the original one, well, the, the original two, and then in um, the, the two most recent Halloweens, mm-hmm. where they don't show Michael's eyes. So they'll do a close up of him in the mask, but it's just black. And the eyes, there's no, you don't see it. I've always loved that choice in creating this character because he's wearing like, I mean, it's a William Shatner mask Mm -hmm. that they just bleached and kind of made a little more ragged, which was not on purpose in the script. All it was, was like, he wears a pale mask. Mm -hmm. They had to desperately find a mask and the William Shatner one was a last second decision. So <laughs> fun tidbit. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, by the way, go follow our uh, TikTok on movie boners. I am loading it up with fun movie tidbits. So yeah. there's a handful there now. Yeah. A I've, little enjoy- plug there. I've enjoyed that thoroughly. I meant to bring it up as well. And you're resharing it to Instagram. If you don't have TikTok, just follow it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that is what makes Michael so effective is you can, they make you understand you can look this creature mm-hmm. dead in the eyes and there is nothing looking back at you. And it's such a frightening thing because you always hear about like with serial killers and all this, or we talked about it in our American psycho episode where uh, you can look at someone and there's just nothing behind the eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, what if it's just like an abyss of darkness? Right. And that's what Michael does where it's so disconnecting from humanity that it's kind of hard to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds <laughs> when me when they start of, showing uh, his eyes, you kind of like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, eyes are the window to the soul. And so it certainly humanizes him to know, Oh, there's a person behind that. But it, what you just described reminds me of uh, the monologue from jaws where he's talking about the shark's eyes and their black eyes, yeah. like a doll's eyes. And it's like, yeah, very kind of more, well, it's more terrifying. It, I mean, it's fitting then. Because 
Jaws, you know, the shark in Jaws is my favorite Hollywood monster of all time because he's so effective and there's no, mm-hmm. I mean, there, you can't reason with it. Michael Myers is the shark. Yeah. He's just in Haddonfield. He's a, a land shark. <laughs> he really is. And I, I, that might be another reason why he's so like, why I connect to, uh, or I, you know, why I love that character so much. Cause to me, he's such a fantastic villain because of those reasons. They got rid of all, mm-hmm like normal villain type things and they just sent out a killing machine yeah. and it's so effective it's so effective he's a land shark now it's he's a land shark who wears costumes as we can see this is my <laughs> the part that i always laugh at i always think it's kind of funny that this guy who has generally no concern about walking through the streets and stabbing people to death in their homes in his normal outfit decided to put on this kid's sheet and glasses to pretend to be him and then walk right in right <laughs> it's like it's almost like because it, it's michael i mean this is only the second time that he has ventured out to take life mm-hmm. uh so it's almost as if he's trying to figure out what his shtick is yeah if you will hasn't committed to it yeah like am i a playful killer or what uh this is in the first one this is really the only time that you could say he's you know playful in it Mm -hmm. uh because the rest of the time he just pops up and like well you're dead Uh, (laughs) but it's funny that you brought up the well that we were talking about the eyes kind of aspect with michael Mm -hmm. um so and the original two and then the most recent two they omit the eyeballs you can't see his eyes and those are the ones where he's like not supernatural yet Mm. when they start showing his eyes was when they started giving him the, the supernatural characterization. So I think that's kind of funny. Interesting. That like you would think it would have been the other way around, Yeah, but it wasn't, uh, that first movie though, to this day still has one of the most frightening scenes for audiences. And it's such a fun one for me. And when my daughter does watch this movie, I am stoked Mm. to watch her watch this scene yeah everyone should know what it is if you've seen the first halloween this leads right up to it where he bursts into the closet mm-hmm. but Lori thinks that she has finally defeated michael he is laying motionless he looks dead in the room and she's up against the wall crying she's cut up dilemma with the boogeyman is finally done mm-hmm. and the man sits up but it's not just that he sits up it's how he sits up. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's got a great core strength, that guy. Oh, my God. That core strength is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> His back is straight, and he just sits perfectly straight up. Yeah. I, remember, it's like, I mean, that it's first like, time. It's like Dracula coming out of the grave or something. It's just like yeah. unnatural. And. And everyone, that first time you watch it, when he sits up, every audience, especially when you're younger and all that, you see that, and then he looks at Lori because he turns his head to look at her. But it's almost like he's looking at you at the same time. Everyone that first viewing was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so effective. Oh, man, that first movie's so fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. 
<laughs> I love Halloween so much. We didn't even really break down the movie. That was more of like, yeah. but that, I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, that first Halloween is such a great intro to your killer, to this now iconic uh, character, not just in horror, but in Hollywood and film in general. Right. You hear horror, you hear killers, and people instantly think like, oh, so like Michael Myers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's the gold standard for sure. Uh, so I've pulled up our little timeline here, and the very, yeah, you did the very obvious next movie is Halloween Two, the original Halloween Two. This is confusing yeah, to yeah. talk about because there's multiple movies called Halloween. There's multiple movies called Halloween Two. Um, so <laughs> Halloween Two from 1981 is kind of what we're talking about next. Yeah. And Halloween 2, although filmed in 1981, actually takes place, it continues to take place on Halloween night. Yes. Uh, this is when Laurie, yeah, goes to the hospital after the events of the first movie. Um, Halloween 2, I actually think it's one of the more underrated horror sequels. It's not a bad movie. It's mm-hmm. actually pretty decent. They do change his mask up, which gets a little distracting at times during it because of it's supposed to take place on the same night. Why does his mask look so different right. during certain scenes? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a continuity break, which is distracting. It is. Uh, man, okay, we got to talk just real quick. Those opening credits on these first two Halloweens yeah. with the jack-o'-lantern and the music, fuck. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because I totally forgot to. Yeah, those are my favorite with the jack-o'-lanterns and the different things they do in the different movies, whether it's just like rotting away or whatever they do with it. I love or just that. And it's just so slow and gradual. And it seems like it to me, it mirrors Michael Myers where it's a slow yeah. and gradual ends up. in And it's F-K. like, it is that theme song. And it just plays and mm-hmm. plays. It keeps going. And the whole time you are just like unnerved. I played my daughter the the Halloween mm-hmm. theme song. And I told her the setup. I didn't show her like the opening credits. I just told her the setup. It's like all the all you see is a jack-o'-lantern. And it's mm-hmm. either just lit or it like splits and you see a skull mm-hmm. or it melts. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. And then I played the song for her, and she was like, Dad, you got to turn that off. <laughs> it's like pretty freaky, right? And she was yeah. like, Dad, seriously, I can't listen to this song. And I'm like, all right. That theme, song, imagine- that theme song is on the level with Michael Myers, where it's instantly scary no matter what. Imagine being, I mean, it's just- imagine being John Carpenter, who is not just a great writer, not just a great director, but also composes music and comes up with this theme to go with this character unbelievable and it's it's so perfect because you hear the halloween theme song and immediately you're like doom (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing happy that i'm like nothing good comes from this yeah and it's true uh (laughs) yeah yeah oh man so obviously i was too young to watch uh, the original, the first two Halloweens in the theater, not allowed to watch any of the sequels until I was older and was afraid of everything. So even if I had been allowed, I don't think I would have. <laughs> um, so the Halloween from 2018, 
was the first one that I got to actually enjoy in the theater. Yeah. And when they did the opening credits, I just remember sitting there being so giddy that I got to hear Michael's song mm-hmm. in the theater surround sound. Cause it's so like, it just feels like it's weighing down on you when you hear yeah. it. When they do those like deep tones, you're like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Halloween 2 uh, kicks off, and this is, it, it actually starts with the final scene from the first Halloween where Michael is falling off of the balcony because mm-hmm. Dr. Loomis has, I love Dr. Loomis, by the way, in the first yeah. two. Uh, I love his desperation to save everybody else's lives and fuck Michael. He yeah. spends the whole first two movies like, we need to kill him. Yeah. Why is no one understanding <laughs> the like importance of getting rid of this guy? Yeah. He has a, <laughs> I think it's in the first movie. He has a, a several lines where he talks about, he talked to this guy as a kid and kind of tried to help him for a while. Then me realized that he's pure evil and has been putting all of his effort into just containing him so that he never gets out. And then he does. And so, yeah, he feels like he needs to stop him at any cost. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's right after that. Michael gets up. You know, the famous scene from the first Halloween is they look in the yard where Michael fell and he's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this movie kicks up right there. And I, I actually really love this whole opening like bit in the Halloween two, where you see Michael continuing to kill, but now he's also trying to like avoid. It kind of does give you yeah. a humanistic like aspect of him because he's I, I don't want to get caught because I'm probably gonna get shot and killed. He's kind of on the of run you, now. Yeah. It, yeah. But he's not completely on the run. He's yeah. he's on the run, not not for his own sake, but because he's got unfinished business and yeah. he knows it. So yeah. He's like, because it will I got to kill, kill Lori. It'll let him kill as many people as possible <laughs> if he is. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Uh, so I get a big kick out of that. And then Lori is stuck in the hospital mm-hmm. and Michael is coming for her. And this is where, like, you learn the big twist that Michael and Lori are actually siblings, which was a big shocker the first time you see Halloween 2. Yeah. They have since omitted that detail, but we'll get into that in a little while. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> it gets it gets crazy. I, I was, like, trying to come up with episode titles for this, and I was like, there's a big, like, family tree, con- like, thing going on. So maybe it's ancestry with Michael Myers or something. <laughs> Yeah, it gets kind of wild, but I yeah I I, love, does. I like Halloween too. I like how it starts right after the first. It's just a continuation, and Lori is like in the hospital because she's obviously been attacked by him, and <laughs> that whole like Halloween segment of the movie, which is a big segment of the movie, um, is is also very effective because she's kind of on the run in this dark hospital, which is basically mostly empty and just generally a scary place to be right yeah the hospital in Haddonfield I don't think I would trust it very much Uh, it it seems like security is not that great but then again that's where our uh, this point in time yeah is also used as a tool it didn't have to be you didn't have to worry about 
freaks wanting to come into the hot. Well, I'm sure you did, but you know, yeah, it was a safe town. Um, and a a safer time, time period, I guess you could argue on a a little bit of a scale, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Michael gets a little creative with this kills during the second one. Uh, but not too crazy. I think the the most fun is him using the therapy pool where he yeah. cooks the the chick, um, the woman. <laughs> that scene's kind of fun. God, I sound so fucked up, man. <laughs> I I promise people I don't have these tendencies. It's just, when when you're a fan of the genre, part of the fun is watching the kills because you want to see how they go. Jake's a big Saw franchise fan, so That's you true. can't get on me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it, it, the, the excitement is the creativity of the filmmakers, mostly. That wh- how, what new way will they think of for this person to bite the dust? And it's always yeah. And in Saw, it's extremely elaborate. In in this movie, it's more like, oh, he found a chainsaw for a second, or he found a just like this tool that he lifted this guy up and stabbed and like stabbed him onto it. <laughs> and so it's. It 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 does it gets a little bit elaborate, but the, the great thing about Michael Myers, which I paused it here for that reason, is his his signature weapon is a is the knife is a knife a, an ordinary chef's knife kitchen knife that is in every single kitchen in America in the world every restaurant in the world. So this is the most one of the most common objects in a house or or a, even even in anywhere that has a kitchen. They will have this object for sure. <laughs> they have this knife. And so it's um, extremely simple for him to find one and kill you with it because it's everywhere. He's uh he's pretty effective with that knife too. Did you notice rewatching the whole franchise? Mm-hmm. He actually like cuts throats a lot. Yeah. It's not always just, I'm going to stab you mm-hmm. a few times or crush your skull. That's a fun way he kills people. Yeah. Crushing the skull is like, yeah. damn. He just uses his physical strength and chokes them or crushes their, their <laughs> yeah. brains. That's fun, too. But um, yeah, yeah. The, there's I think there's one. I don't remember which one it is. It's later on, one of the wack- wackier ones, where the knife is like bizarrely massive. It's like... Yeah, <laughs> the most massive knife that no normal person would normally wield, and that's interesting. But I'd like just—it's like an ordinary kitchen knife. It's just—it's like just shy of machete size. So yeah. it was like, oh, you're not—you're not Jason. You're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you got a weapon pretty close. But yeah, I know. I was thinking of that too. Like the knife after the second movie. Well, actually, after the third movie, the knife size <laughs> increases. It was almost like the filmmakers were desperate to we got to make him more daunting and Mm -hmm. we'll get into why that was a bad idea. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that second Halloween, I I really do think it's kind of underrated. I think it deserves a little bit more love, especially from Halloween and Michael Myers fans. Cause it's, it's an effective sequel. They do kind of introduce like the supernatural aspect of Michael. They do hint at that. You know, he can't die. Mm -hmm. Loomis runs around a lot saying I saw I shot the dude six times and he's still moving like I didn't shoot him once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do like that that was the route they ended up going with. I think it would have worked a little better had uh, Carpenter continued to make it or yeah. better yet, had they only made three but made the third movie like an actual Michael Myers film. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I get that. Uh, but this this one was directed by Rick Rosenthal, who also directed Halloween Resurrection, which we'll get to, and basically nothing else that you would recognize. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, Resurrection. Um. <laughs> but yeah, as far as like the twist goes, with Laurie being his sister, who uh, you you don't I don't think you don't see in the first one that he had like, no. a baby sister in a crib that's in the um, Rob Zombie one. Yep. But so it is like a massive surprise. You only thought he had the one sister, the sister that he murdered. And so him to be like, Oh, there was another sister, a baby that was adopted and, and like became this foster kid whose name changed. Uh, that's like kind of out of nowhere, but I, I think that it works. I think that it's effective and uh, it's, it, it, I kind of like, I, I kind of like, and I kind of don't like. So I kind of have this issue with trying to, trying too hard to assert a motive to Michael Myers, where yeah, yeah. He, he has to go home, he has to kill all of the people in his family, he has to do this thing, and I kind of like it best when he just kills everybody haphazardly. If you're in his way, if you're doing what, like he, he may have a motive, but I feel like his motive is to kill people. Yeah. And Haddonfield just happens to be kind of his, like, uh, that's his territory. That's his killing field. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like that. I'm with you on that one. I don't mind the twist that she's his sister. Uh, I kind of like it, but Mm -hmm. I'm with you where when it comes to Michael Myers, you don't need any more of a motive other than, he feeds off of killing. That is what he does. Yeah. Like that Loomis, that's all Loomis talks about is the dude only thinks about killing. He only wants to take life. There's Mm -hmm. nothing in him that is sentimental. There's nothing in him that worries about connection. He simply, I mean, he only comes to Haddonfield because he knows Haddonfield. Right. That's where he began his killing. So he's going to continue there. It's like a, a, like a primal territory kind of thing. It's animalistic. Yeah. And he was uh, <laughs> locked up when he was a kid, so he didn't really have time to go anywhere. He probably was just in that area as a kid, then went into prison and psychiatric care. And so now he's an adult. That's all, you know, like you're going to go. Yeah, home. that's it. And I think that's motive enough, especially with this style mm-hmm. of uh, of character. So yeah. I, I don't mind the twist. I like the twist, but at the same time, it was a twist that I feel kind of unnecessary, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't, I don't think it hurts the movie or at least the story they're telling in the second one at all. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, which is, which is a nice thing that it's a twist that people can like get on board with or not on board with and still be able to enjoy the film for what it is. So, yeah. Uh, but the kills are fun. Is it the second one that he shoves the shotgun through the guy's gut? Uh, I th- I think so. Or was that like the fourth one? That kill is so brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> he just holds the shotgun and just... <laughs> I think it's the second one, because I'm pretty sure it's one of the security guards that dies that way. Yeah, um, I think so too. But yeah, so Halloween 2 ends. It's a open ending, because that is how you finish horror films that have sequels. You you don't give them life. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, you you have to leave the ending kind of open just in case you want to make more, but not open enough just in case the studio opts out. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so in this but, case, we have I scrolled down because the timeline is now broken. There is this new movie that has nothing to do with anything else. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which you brought up in a previous episode. I think it was our Guilty Pleasures episode or a Halloween episode last year. I don't remember which. It was one of those. I think it was actually the Halloween episode, the one where it was like just Mm. other like Halloween style films to watch. I think that was one that I brought up. Suggesting good ones. That would make sense. That would be a good one for this because I hadn't seen it until now. Uh, this week and you were not joking don't do not sleep on halloween 3 it is a really fun halloween movie i think (laughs) yeah um it gets a lot of shit because it is titled halloween 3 and coming off of halloween 2 you expect michael to be there a little unfair he's not right on the coattails of halloween 1 and 2 yes and he's like a hundred percent well, I mean, technically he does make a cameo, but it's weird yeah. because it's the movie Halloween that makes a cameo yeah. in Halloween 3, they, Season of Witch. It's like, so I was I was like, that's such a weird decision to just throw in there that there was like this trailer on the TV for this movie Halloween with Michael Myers in it. And so in this world of Halloween 3, the world these people live in, there is a movie called Halloween with Michael Myers that was, a st- like I assume, the movie that we all just talked about, Halloween 1 and 2. Those are movies. And so it's kind of like a Scream thing before Scream was a thing where <laughs> this is um, there was a movie and that's all it was. It's a weird choice. Yeah, it's... The rest I don't of know, it like... doesn't do anything with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what version of meta Halloween 3 is, but it's yeah. somewhere in there. Uh, but Halloween 3, I defend this movie because it is actually, if it was only called Season of the Witch mm-hmm. or something to do with uh, the masks, I think it would have gotten a lot more love. Yeah. But because of the whole, like, why would you include this in the franchise when it's got nothing to do with Michael? Yeah. I understand the the animosity to that, but it is a fun freaking movie. <laughs> it's also like very much centered around Halloween, the holiday. So you could have called it Halloween yeah. season of the witch and that would have been fine. But Halloween three <laughs> means like, Oh, this is <laughs> right, right. Up on what we just talked about. <laughs> it's a- uh, but it is a lot of fun. I, I get a big kick out of this movie every time I watch it. It's so silly, and it, it fits so well into like the, the early 80s style of horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I felt like there were Carpenter vibes in it still because there is yeah. kind of, there's kind of a they live theme going on in this yeah. town as, as there's this like corporate Halloween mask company, which is going to murder a ton of people by having them view this uh special or commercial that it's a, yeah it's a masks. commercial <laughs> yeah and that has like this their masks have like this you know radio frequency or rfid or some weird thing that picks up on the signal from this commercial that uh makes their heads like melt and does super yeah they like creepy like spiders and snakes and stuff yeah 
So it, it's like a, uh, it's like witchcraft, because that that's where the whole title is. Is like this mass company is actually not an actual coven, but he has tapped into mm-hmm. the use of witchcraft, and he's using it. He's corrupted. He's a bad guy. He wants to kill people. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of funny, and it's like he got a. He's using a stone from Stonehenge, which I've always thought was such a goofy detail. I'm yeah. pretty sure the world would notice if a stone went missing from Stonehenge. Well, it's on the news. <laughs> it's on the news, and they're talking about how they don't know how it disappeared because it weighs like several tons. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like only this. But no, it, like this Halloween conglomerate had the finances to be able to. <laughs> yeah, right. It's weird. Uh, the power of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it's like this doctor. Oh, and there's weird androids that are a part of it. And <laughs> like, yeah. so those it guys, gets real fucking goofy. Those guys in the suits, uh, they're, one of those guys is involved in like the first kill. And the first couple of kills in this movie are super cool. So there's a guy <laughs> who has his like eyes shoved into his skull by this like android type dude and then that same android dude like goes into his car drenches himself with gasoline and then lights himself up and kills himself it, and it's like blows the car thing. up <laughs> like what the fuck is going on in this movie and, so, <laughs> right. and yeah and it mostly follows this doctor from the hospital who kind of was in charge of that patient and knows a little bit about it starts investigating leaves his doctor job leaves his family and his obligations there right and uh, is on this investigation with the patient's daughter, and they like. <laughs> there are movies back then where, like, a love interest would would feel kind of quick. Like this seems to escalate fairly quick, yeah. but it would be over the course of a movie. The doctor and the daughter literally drive to this town. They get a hotel room, and he's like, "She's all," or no, what is he? He's like, "Well, I guess I'll get another room," and she's yeah. like. Well, where do you want to actually sleep? And he's all, well, that's a dumb question. And bam, chicka, bam, bam. <laughs> like, I'm so glad you immediately. And- <laughs> because I laughed out loud when that happened. Because he's like, he seems like he's trying to be polite. I'm like, okay, this is the early 80s. He's trying to be polite. He's like, oh, I'll sleep in the car. I'll sleep on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And she comes on to him and she's like, where do you want to sleep though? And he's like, well, you know where I want to sleep. I want to, <laughs> that's a dumb you. question. <laughs> yeah. And then they bone. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, they get down and dirty. And yeah, this, this doctor is like James Bond. He, he like flirts with everybody, gets these, all these like, women to tell him things. He's like the James Bond of Halloween movies. It's the funniest thing, but, but he looks middle aged or older. Uh, he's, <laughs> Yeah, he looks like this guy, and that he has yeah. just a classic early '80s mustache, cool dude in a flannel shirt. He's a cool guy, and he he wears the same outfit the entire film. Uh, he even has a line about it of like, "Well, I guess these clothes will last me another day." <laughs> like, dude, you've been wearing that outfit for a while now. This is yeah. kind of you would you would smell bad at this point, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think but it's yeah, a cool I, idea for this this company to be just putting out Halloween masks into stores, like for kids, and running these commercials. So it's kind of like the commercials are so obnoxious, but it, it's done like they're purposely 
mm-hmm. obnoxious. I was actually counting the days. I was like, okay, so when are we recording this relative to when Halloween is? And I was like, it's going to be <laughs> going to play the shamrock eight days to Halloween, eight days to Halloween. And like the, yeah, the whole song that plays, uh, but yeah, it's that was especially like a thing in the eighties, though, for people that are old like us um, to have like it was it was kind of like cereal boxes. You always had to like yeah, there was cartoons and there were like things that you would like collect and toys and masks and all of this crap. Uh, it was a very like eighties thing, but yeah, for, for them to have these masks and and put them out into the world to well, and they're like. The masks that we get in that film, they're elaborate. They're detailed. They're yeah. like they're full head masks. Whereas usually the masks in the eighties and the nineties mm-hmm. were just those real awkward, uncomfortable plastic crinkly ones that had the string that like always hurt the back of your head. Yeah. And the mask always felt like it was sucking up against your face. Uh, it's, they always smelled weird. Yeah. Who knows how many people put that mask on before you wore it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are nice latex masks. Yeah, they, they, I like, I'm not going to lie. I would not mind having one of these masks just as a collector piece. You brought it up in your, uh, uh, oh man, when you brought on, um, was it the Maltese Falcon? Yeah. That you thought it'd be fun to have, like, the little Falcon figurine. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a blast to have the Shamrock masks. I yeah. think that would just be fun for me. Because it's such a, like, unloved film. Yeah. That I genuinely enjoy. <laughs> That's like a deep cut reference that only true yeah. fans will get. <laughs> yeah. I would feel very proud of that. But not just that. I would genuinely, like... Mm-hmm. It would be one of my collectibles that I just smile every time I look at it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But season, I mean, honestly, you don't got to watch Season of the Witch as a part of Halloween. You can actually skip it. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. But obviously we included it because technically it is the third part. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 it's they, so goofy. <laughs> They made the rules, so we have to follow them. They did, they did. So we're following them. But <laughs> I I wish so much that more people would go and watch this movie and just watch it for what it is. Don't yeah. watch it with any Michael Myers expectations. Just watch it for what it is. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. I'm yeah. so happy to hear that, man. I was <laughs> like, Jake's got to enjoy this movie. It's so weird and goofy. <laughs> and silly like he's gotta get a kick out of this movie i'm yeah. so happy you did it was really fun it was a fun little, fun little diversion from the normal uh path we were on yep of course that normal path is also pretty much omitted with halloween for the return yeah uh this is where the writing gets weird <laughs> where they really start trying some new ideas yeah so <laughs> this infographic that i just i stole off of wikipedia it's if it has it on the same timeline as one and two halloween for the return of michael myers yeah which you know just from the title they were like oh sorry just kidding about halloween three we're gonna bring michael myers back obviously you wanted that sorry about that so we have the return of michael myers now but you're right. They do do weird things in this where they kind of, even though it's on that timeline, change uh, 
change the story or change the trajectory of it, I guess. Yeah, they start they start messing with the rules that Carpenter had laid down with that original one. Yeah. Um and I think this was even the one where they tried to get John Carpenter to come back and he was like, Nope. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm he because he didn't I'm gonna take those residual checks, baby. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's a lot of residuals. That's <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a song. So, obviously, with the title of The Return of Michael Myers, you understand he survived the end of the second movie. Yeah, Um, naturally. And this was funny, uh, a tie-in to Halloween Kills, where the whole, like in the preview, the big shtick for Halloween Kills was Haddonfield Residence are tired of Michael's shit. So they, Mm -hmm. they kind of want to do an uprising and take matters into their own hands. Mm -hmm. That idea is a regurgitation of Halloween for the return of Michael Myers, because the Haddonfield residents flat out tell the sheriff, like you're useless. We're doing it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it does not work out for them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Naturally naturally but this is where it like gets weird so we we get introduced to jamie mm-hmm. who is it's, michael's niece yeah that's kind <laughs> of the first main timeline difference and the main deviation from the family tree that i talked about before which is michael myers has a niece who is the daughter of his sister i assume and so now she is kind of the main focal point, uh, trying to protect her from him because he's trying to find her. Yeah. And she's like, she is a foster child. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's been adopted into this new family and her and her adopt or her foster sister. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, like the movie focuses on those two heavily. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Jamie. She's kind of annoying. Yeah. Am I wrong to say that? No, she, she is. kind of annoys me throughout the movie. <laughs> I think she's more annoying in the next movie, but we'll get to that. I would agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah, Halloween Four. It, it was kind of funny, like rewatching the the whole franchise again, because I, I end up having the same thought a lot when I watch this franchise, uh, especially with Four and Five, where I'm always like, these are kind of forgettable. Yeah, they try so much. And they try to change the narrative and you just kind of are like, I don't, I don't need a complicated Michael Myers story. Like yeah. I t- there's I'm, no use for it. I'm glad you said that. I felt the same way as I was watching it. I was, I was, I was in, I was trying, I was paying attention and Jamie was interesting. I was like, okay, she's his niece. Okay. That's different. That's new. Let's follow that. And then, yeah, by five, I was like, we're just kind of, you know, painting by numbers let's get through it i don't, just kind of lost interest at this point yeah and uh sadly to say that new mask so yeah. i just showed it on the screen uh crazy distracting it, exactly. like, it's, exactly it's so distracting it's so <laughs> so i don't it's so formless like so white so it's like so no, smooth. Yeah, no detail as far as an actual face goes that it is so weird. It's just weird. Not in like a scary Michael Myers is weird way. In like a, 
oh, you're a dork in a mask kind of way. <laughs> still blacked out like, ice. That's still cool, but it, yeah. the mask itself is so weird looking. It's just, I don't understand. It's like they actually went to a, a Halloween store in the 80s and mm-hmm. bought like the discounted where it's not technically Michael Myers mask. They had to rename it yeah. for like uh copyright <laughs> infringement yeah. issues of like, like uh Miguel Myers. single white male killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's, that mask looks like they, it came from the, the discount bin mm-hmm. of we're not allowed to call it Michael Myers. And we had to, it, it's like, you know what it is? It's the, uh, it's the wish.com mask. Yes. hundred percent. The wish.com <laughs> mask. Yeah. I don't know how, obviously I'm not in charge of making these movies, but if I was, I would not right. <laughs> misplace the mask we had in the last movie. Like, where is that? Oh, go? Well, but that's, that's a good point because in Hollywood, whether it's television shows or films, mm-hmm. the studios pack up, all the props yeah they are stored they are kept so that they can be accessed for like mm-hmm. potential future projects or whatnot so the the studio hat unless something happens to it like if it gets destroyed during production mm-hmm. um yeah those are some of my definitely has all of that <laughs> those are some of my favorite stories of like movies that raided the studio prop department to find things and like star wars has a bunch of outfits from like old serials and tv shows that they just like had yeah. around because they kept they had them but they got reused in later things and so i'm sure they didn't lose michael's mask they probably just <laughs> were like oh we're gonna make it better by making it worse somehow right which is a sequel mentality yeah 100 percent. we're going to the halloween sequels are such a great example of the sequel uh trap or whatever you want to call it of we need to overcomplicate we need to make things bigger we got to add more spectacle Mm -hmm. and audiences get very disconnected from it i think for a franchise that has 12 entries now Mm -hmm. uh it is telling that the fan base really only ever talks about one yeah (laughs) that includes that should tell you that includes the newest two it should tell you a lot um it should tell the studio a lot of oh maybe we should rethink how we approach this it doesn't because Mm -hmm. they still make money but they're not memorable if you asked a horror fan or a film fan, tell me what Halloween for the return of Michael Myers was about. They mm. would not tell you. Yeah. No one can tell you. <laughs> right. It does do an interesting thing. I think that the 2018 Halloween does better, which is have Michael outside of his mask. Um, in the, in the beginning of this one, he is yeah. outside of his mask. Is still here. He like has this weird, uh, like bandages, I guess on, um, and that's interesting, mostly because <laughs> that's he was blown up. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly interesting because it's way better than his actual mask in this movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just just a, a, a skosh. <laughs> yeah. um, was it four or is it five? Where are my notes? Um, <laughs> OK, it's five. 
so I can't I can't bring that up yet. Um, the townspeople taking up arms, so they find out Michael's alive. He's come back. It's what ten years after, right? Yeah. Um, and the townspeople are like, "Fuck this! We've had it. We're doing our own thing." But they do something that Scream actually, I feel, took from this one, uh-huh. where the younger generation in Haddonfield has taken the Michael Myers lore and kind of turned it into their own traditional gag on Halloween, where they, they wear the Michael Myers mask, and the Mike, yeah. which is funny because they're Michael Myers masks are more Michael Myersy than the one that Myers wears. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh <laughs> it's interesting at first because you're like, "Oh, Michael is in more places, like he's able to be in multiple places at once." And then you realize, "Oh no, it's just kids who are being funny like standing around in the Michael Myers outfit and they almost get yeah. shot by Loomis and the <laughs> the gang of uh like the posse here." Um but yeah, they actually do shoot again. <laughs> it's just just kids, I guess, were dressing up like that, and so it stops being interesting in that in that case, uh, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, like I'm trying to remember how does Michael quote unquote die in the or he doesn't. This one is yeah. a very open ended one. Yeah, this is the one where he doesn't actually like nothing happens to him at the end of this one. Yeah, the the um, most interesting thing at the end is that his niece like ch- changes or could like starts to that's what it, become a killer like him basically yeah so she like the ending is pretty disturbing i do like the ending of this one um where i, I mean it feels forced but mm-hmm. i don't mind it uh where jamie kind of like she has the Michael Myers tendency. So she turns into a killer mm-hmm. and she stabs her, her foster mom also dressed as a times. clown, also dressed as a clown wearing the, like it looks very similar to the clown costume that Michael wore as a child. Yeah. Uh, and then it, yeah, it ends with Loomis screaming no mm-hmm. on the staircase. Yeah, while yeah. Jamie just stands there covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how did I not see this coming? She wanted to dress as a clown for Halloween. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I do enjoy Loomis coming back also. So it's not just the return of Michael Myers. It's also the return of Samuel Loomis. And I like him as a like a yeah. character and a guy who's trying to, I guess, he's the antagonist to Michael Myers or the protagonist probably because michael myers is the bad guy (laughs) right right. (laughs) not the hero don't at me um he loomis is fun and there's kind of this in this timeline that we've been talking about he and michael are the main main throughput kind of thing yeah they're they're the ones that are still continuing the timeline because laurie is gone yeah um they don't ever really even talk about laurie i think she gets mentioned a couple times and that was it yeah, which, which you would kind of weird. You would think this being a big family movie, the niece of Michael Myers is uh, it's interesting that they don't bring her up that much. Yeah. So um, five. Unless you have anything else, five goes no. right into it. So it's kind of like one and two, four and five are continuations of each other. Right. 
And this time it's the revenge of Michael Myers. It's almost like this franchise was trying to pull the Star Wars titling. Yeah. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or Jaws. Jaws also has terrible sequels mm-hmm. as far as titles go. And there is yep. a revenge. And, well, and as, revenge. as sequels go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Revenge of Michael Myers kicks off for the opening scene right at the end of Halloween 4. But then it time jumps a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where things really get goofy from <laughs> Halloween 5 to Halloween 6. Uh, mm-hmm. We get introduced to the mysterious man in black who just walks around Haddonfield. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Sam Hain talk of like sacrifice stuff. I mean, that comes more in 6, but they start hinting like- to a lot of it. Yeah, laying the foundation. Yeah. Um, and then they do what is one of the weirdest decisions, in my opinion, where Jamie is, like, telepathically connected <laughs> Yeah, to Michael. <laughs> yeah, so she has, like, this psychic connection to Michael Myers. And <laughs> as he experiences things, she is experiencing it as well from a distance she's in like a facility like a psychiatric asylum facility she's lost her voice because she can't and she'll she, she can't like scream or anything which i thought would have been more interesting like later on like she's trying <laughs> to scream for help and that never ends up really happening she gets her voice back no. pretty fast i think it, they this movie has a lot of so the curse of michael myers gets shit on a ton rightfully so it's a bad movie yeah but i kind of think Halloween five makes worse decisions with everything. And we're going to get into that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's all around Jamie, Rachel and uh, the other friend. I can't remember her name. Uh, It starts Uh, with an A. Alice. Annie. No, Annie's Annie's the other girl in the main one. Annie's the other girl. Yeah. Uh, I'll find it. Go ahead. And uh, (laughs) oh, look. The mask is still weird. Um, yeah, the mask is <laughs> not the same weird. It's different weird from the other weird, but it's still weird and not good. Not great. <laughs> better. But it's... I, will, I will say it's better. It's detailed and scary, but it's not as good as it was. What happened? It, it's still weird. <laughs> yeah. This house is also different. That's not the actual Michael Myers house, but whatever. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this was like, a, oh, someone uh, did not watch the early... Tina, her name's Tina. Not even I was thinking Annie her. from... Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was thinking Annie for some reason from the the original and uh, Rob Zombies. Okay. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, yeah, so the house, it's like they didn't even try to make it the Myers <laughs> house. <laughs> like at all <laughs> um i feel bad for the character of rachel i think this movie does a huge disservice mm-hmm. to her character so rachel does not make it very long into this movie and no one seems to give a fuck yeah <laughs> like yeah. the whole time <laughs> yeah it is pretty unfortunate <laughs> I just, I'm always like, I thought she was decent. I did not mind Rachel and I liked the decision to kill her off, 
But considering how much time they've spent in Halloween four and the the first little third of Halloween five of establishing like Rachel and Jamie are like always together. They do every like Rachel is always there for her. Yeah. And then Rachel gets killed and Jamie doesn't ask about Rachel for the rest of the movie. She just constantly talks to Tina and now Tina is like the, Oh, you're my sister. But Tina's kind of just the, the slutty best friend, Um, (laughs) which we did not touch on. Halloween inadvertently Mm -hmm. started a whole rule to horror films. They joke about it in scream and it's be like, it's just been running through the genre ever since the first Halloween uh, where virgins survive. Yeah. (laughs) Like as long as you don't get naked or have sex, you're going to live through the movie. Yeah. But if you do one of those things, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Friday the 13th is, I think, more heavy on the killing teenagers while they're having sex thing. But yeah. Yeah. Halloween also does it a lot, especially later on. Uh, there are several movies where I'm like, if everybody who's having sex is going to die. This is kind of. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just know it. It's happening. And so they're kind of uh, merging those two things, which is not great for branding. Obviously, you want yeah kind of a clear clear rules so the audience knows what's going on with this guy and his character. And Loomis is still keeping up all of his like, uh, we gotta kill Michael, but we don't know how because he has survived yeah. every fucking thing that we've done to him he's like i blew him up and this is, he's still out there still <laughs> try, trying his darndest to get to michael and get him to contain he is he is uh the kills are pretty fun in this one though i'll, I'll give it I'll, I'll give some of the kills fun you know some props i like that rachel gets killed with the pair of scissors yeah because it's so abrupt um yeah i forget how uh, I think it. I think I just saw it in the trailer. I forgot it was in this movie, but the barn scene when the those two kids are having sex, yeah, and uh, that one guy gets a pitch short through his pitchfork through his back. That pitchfork right there. Uh, that's pretty gnarly. How he like comes well, through you, his chest. You also get the the cool Danny Zuko wannabe boyfriend who gets killed with the uh, uh, the plow hoe or whatever the. Oh man, oh, the three pronged yeah, plant force. Yeah, no, no, it's not like it's like the little handheld version. Oh, he stabs yeah, him yeah. in the head with it. It's like uh, a rake, rake thing. Sure, I'm obviously a gardener. <laughs> uh, you're a regular farmer. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that kills pretty cool. But that that goes into what you brought up earlier, where. Uh, Michael gets in the car and he's like driving around and he's doing <laughs> like not necessarily just Michael things. Yeah. Uh, but then we get like, we get shown altars in five. We find out that Michael has a tattoo, which mm-hmm. what <laughs> is it a tattoo or a scar? Uh, they show it in the trailer. It's a, that, the they showed it rune. in the, yeah, it looks like tattoo ink. It, it's pretty dark it nothing about it resembles a scar okay uh, where is it i think we'll they showed it soon we'll find it um but yeah it, it, that directly leads into six that one right there yeah, yeah right there see right. that's not a scar 
Okay. And yeah, so this is where they're really like laying the the groundwork for he's a uh mm-hmm. man, what do they end up calling? He's like a a vessel by the gods to make human sacrifices from families to appease the god or some it gets so fucking <laughs> yeah. <weird. laughs> Yeah, but at least they had a plan. They were laying the foundation. They continued it in the next movie. Not a good plan. It's a very convoluted plan. plan. (laughs) But it is a plan. And you also also find out that the man in black, uh, he's also got that tattoo as well. So you're like, oh, there's there's like an actual connection between Michael and this mysterious dude walking around Haddonfield. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's kind that of the weirdest of thing. That's the weird part about this movie and the next movie where they treat this man in black a lot like Michael, where he'll be just standing in the distance silently watching people, but he's in a totally he's in a like a black coat, black like brimmed hat and it's yeah. like it's confusing to the audience because he's doing Michael things, but it, you're like, is that Michael? Why is he dressed like that? What's going on? Who's this guy? Where did he come from? Why is he here? You don't understand you just, any of this. Right. You're like, just explain this guy to me because uh, where did he come from and why are we seeing him just walking? And it's always like his legs or you'll see him. Yeah. In the background of something, uh, you don't see his face until the end of uh, Halloween six. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I just Halloween four, five, and six. Man, they go weird <laughs> with a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Halloween six, then, because they feed right into each other. We're on the same timeline. Yep. This is a nice, straight, continuous timeline. As confusing, weird as it is, at least they feed into each other. Michael's in most of them, except for three. Loomis is in all of them, except for three. So. We're on a path, and we get to Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Of Michael Myers. Uh, Fun thing with this one, audiences are introduced to a certain wonderful actor that I think everyone... Paul Rudd. Paul Stephen Rudd is credited in his... They have it in the opening credits. Uh, (laughs) Yes. I didn't notice. Yeah, I was just excited to see Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. Yep, this was his first feature film, wow. and he plays the adult version of Tommy Doyle from the original Halloween. So they're trying to tie it all back to the to the first one. Yeah, which is usually your tell that this is the conclusion. Like when when sequels do that, where they've gone several in between, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're trying to do this huge. We're circling back. We're connecting all the dots. That usually means it's the end of the franchise. Not the case with Halloween, but... (laughs) Also not the case with Halloween Kills, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. (laughs) They do a similar thing. But yeah, Paul (laughs) Rudd... I will will say, for a first movie, um, I think this is a better first movie for Paul Rudd than, say, uh, Leprechaun for... uh, jennifer aniston <laughs> hey man leprechaun less. is hilarious and still so much fun it is but yeah i think that people will enjoy this more in a different <laughs> way it's really not comparable yeah. but good old paul rudd he's right there so 
the opening of this trailer, it's kind of funny seeing these trailers because we grow up, when we grew up, we never watched these trailers. I never yeah. saw this stuff. Um, I only just ever saw the films. Um, but the opening of this trailer, yeah, you're like, oh, it's a weird secret society cult. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how you feel during the, pretty much the entirety of this movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the whole occult subplot is weird. Michael's there, so in that, if I back it up, he's Michael's right there in this like society as their, I think you said vessel, which is active, yeah, or their monster to do their bidding, all the stuff. There's like this weird thing. So there's this girl tied down, basically probably a virgin girl, um, who I assume is getting raped and impregnated by michael there's like a baby that they allude to being michael's this is the most confusing one to me so i need you to clarify what's going on i'm not clarifying shit because the sixth one is so convoluted and they try so much that it does get where you're like what is happening and this was a big Mm -hmm. problem with the sequels is they tried to put too much they tried to give you uh too much motive, too much behind the scenes of the character of Michael Myers. And you don't need that with him. It's the same idea. Michael Myers is one of those characters. You don't need a full background. Mm -hmm. Um, Now saying that I've got something hypocritical to say about Rob Zombie's remake in terms Mm -hmm. of that, but we don't need this huge, massive backstory of his motives. All we need right. is Michael doing Michael things. Right. That's it. And Halloween six decides completely to abandon just doing Michael things with the whole, uh, the thorn and mm-hmm. the society. It's funny that they have six, six, six there because <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Satanism. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> they've got, they've got all their wires crossed as far as, what these druidic runes are doing and these like occult things. And there's, there's kind of this hints to Satanism, but not really. And yeah, they don't really know um, what they're doing with all that stuff. They're like, Oh, this is, a but in terms of no, it's bad. Yeah. So the child though, um, is Jamie's from Halloween five. Right. So this Jamie takes place. Baby. She's grown up. Yeah. So this is six years after Halloween five and Jamie is grown up. She has a child and she's trying to escape with her child. Right. So that her child does not become, uh, either the next Michael or a victim of Michael's. Yeah. They're never really clear on that. (laughs) Right. Um, much like they're not really clear on a lot in this movie. <laughs> One of the things they're not clear on is when she gets thrown out the window. So that's, I just saw this. Uh, she jumps out the window. She flings herself yeah. out the window. I was confused by that because I was like, nobody moves towards her and she just dives out the window. And then <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of weird things in this movie that hurt the continuity. So... 
there are a lot of times where it felt like the movie should have been longer, but things got cut out because right after she jumps out this window, she does it because the man in black and his whole occult like group and minions are there. And the Paul Rudd and Loomis go and like, look for her on the lawn. Well, they're dealing with all of the, the black man in black and his minions. And then it kind of jumps ahead and they go to check the lawn and she's not there anymore. A lot, a lot like the first movie, obvious reference to the first movie, but mm-hmm. there's like this awkward, just line of dialogue to try to cover up the continuity where I think Paul Rudd is like, were we drugged? Do you feel drugged? And Loomis is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, when did this happen? Why are you like, and where did those people go? Like, they're just trying to cover up for lost time. Like, yeah, they didn't, it, it they didn't show it. It feels like maybe the script was not actually finished. And then they found themselves at an impasse where the studio was probably like, you got to finish this movie. We're not giving you more time. We're not giving you more. Find a way to conclude it. And so they go, fuck it. They were drugged, but they don't (laughs) know they were drugged. Um, I think this one, I don't have a lot to say on Halloween six. We get, um, the main thing I'll say about the the group, the occult group and the man in black, the main problem with him and with the decisions they make in this movie, I think, and you were touching on it earlier where uh, and they give too much backstory to why is Michael Myers like this? What's motivating yeah. him? And so they try to answer it with this weird druidic rune that he is a arbiter of doom and he needs to sacrifice his people all this stuff it's very convoluted and complicated and not really worth it in the end but the main problem (laughs) i think is that they make this guy the man in black and the cult the actual villain and then they turn the villain of this movie michael myers the most iconic villain of all time into a victim of this group and so it it makes it very stupid and confusing and not not what you wanted it's not interesting you just kind of sit there being a little dumbfounded with the decisions they're making um i i gotta say halloween six the way they quote unquote defeat michael Mm -hmm. is probably the lamest way they've ever quote unquote defeated michael uh But I'm sure it was a hell of a lot of fun for Paul Rudd to film that scene because he got to beat him with a giant pipe. That yeah. had to have been fun. Yeah. But he beats him with a pipe, which we've established <laughs> so many times. Right. Five films worth, to be precise. Mm-hmm. The dude survives multiple gunshots, explosions, <laughs> fires, yeah. uh, falling from heights. fall <laughs> Like... He doesn't fucking die, and Paul Rudd, Tommy Doyle, right. who's a little... I get what they were trying to do with Tommy, where his encounter with Michael Myers in the original one scarred him and totally fucked his world up. Um, so he's, he's like, like a, pretty paranoid. He's, he's pretty... He, uh, he's like a conspiracy theorist, like a Michael Myers conspiracy theorist with yeah. art, newspaper articles on the walls and all of this stuff. Um. It's kind of funny saying a lot of this out loud. <laughs> I feel like having said a lot of this out loud 
for the past few entries into this franchise. Yeah. The Halloween from 2018 took a lot of inspiration from the horrible sequels. Are you getting that sense too? We've got the the yeah. town folk uprising. We've got Tommy Doyle, who's super paranoid, obsessed with Michael returning. He knows he's going to, and he wants to be ready for it. Laurie yeah. Strode. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's very true. It's like this whole several sequels. They just repackaged into a more modern uh, version that. Yeah, it's weird. I, I do I've, remember this. I never version. connected those dots, but now I am. Yeah. And then looking at this image of Michael Myers in Halloween six, he's a thick boy in this movie. Dude, he someone ate a whole bunch of. Uh, Chicago pizza. <laughs> He's a thick boy right there. Like it, it has only been a year, sir. Why? Like, yeah. and all you do is walk. Shouldn't you be in pretty decent shape? Yeah. Sorry. We don't mean to body shame the killer, <laughs> but that, that cult is overfeeding Michael Myers. Um, their pet. Yeah. Well, that was also, a problem. they changed the actor and like every entry. Yeah. And it was obvious that they did because Michael's height changes throughout the franchise. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay, he was like 5'10 in this one. He was 6'7 in this other one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, pick one. Just pick one. <laughs> yeah. Or hire the same actor. What a concept. Yeah, that, that's one thing I appreciate. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I appreciate in the Rob Zombie ones, he uses the same guy in them. It still yeah. feels a little weird because... In the first one, he wears the mask a lot. In the second one, he doesn't wear the mask a lot. And so you get weird beard and face stuff going on, which is different. Yeah, we'll, we'll be getting to that. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Little jumping bit. ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving. So that's the end of the main. That's like the the OG Loomis timeline. That's how I think of it. Because that's a good this, way to think of it. OG Loomis is no longer in it. So. After this, we get the the first time that filmmakers decide, let's forget about these sequels, yeah. and we're going to make a sequel to the sequel. We're going to do that and pretend that 4, 5, and 6 never happened. We're going from Halloween 2 to Halloween mm-hmm. H2O, yeah, 20 so years later. The uh, Halloween, the 2018 version has gotten a lot of credit for being a requel. It's not a reboot. It's a, well, it is a reboot, but it's not a reboot of the first movie. It's keeping the first movie in place and then rebooting the sequel to that movie. But that wasn't the first time Halloween even did that concept. They did it in 1998 with Halloween H2O. And that's my fun timeline tidbit. I'm so glad your graphic shows this. Yeah. I did not realize that until this week prepping for this episode where I was like, oh, they already attempted a requel reboot thing. (laughs) They already attempted it and it bombed. They're attempting it again. We'll get to that. Um, (laughs) I think the main interesting thing, which this timeline does show, is they keep one and two in and Halloween H2O is the third now in this other timeline where yep. the 2018 we talked about ignores to the whole revelation of Lori being related to Michael, just ignore the hospital stuff, all of that and go from one to 2018. So that's yeah. the main difference, but generally exactly the same thing has been tried before. <laughs> and uh, I, I have to say off the top, 
yes, this is 20 years after uh, the original, but whoever had the idea Halloween H2O as a title, that's an absolutely terrible title. Halloween H2O. I agree. I, so I saw a funny thing. It was like a, a tidbit in defense of the title. Let me try and find it again real quick. Um, it might be H20, but everybody reads it as H2O. You said it as H2O. I've always said H2O. It is H2O. It and is. So, I've got to so find this tidbit. You assert it with... Go ahead. You associate it with water because water is H2O. And there's no water connection with Michael Myers. That's never been like a thing or a weakness or anything. So it's so weird to have Halloween water as like this thing that you're talking about. And it doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Um, Their defense of H2O. Halloween H2O is the seventh film in the series. H2O is the chemical symbol for water, which has a pH balance of 7.0. So their Whatever. defense is that <laughs> it's that's such a like ass backward way to look at it. Dude, I read that and I was like, no, it's a stupid fucking title. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> that's more of a like an Easter egg than a reason. <laughs> yeah, this should have been titled like Lori comes back. That would have been a good title. <laughs> yeah, that is mildly interesting. I didn't know that. That's kind of interesting, but not a reason to do it. But no, it's so dumb. It's so yeah. stupid. <laughs> but what? Yeah, you touched on it. It is a big deal that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is back as Lori Strode. It's 20 years after the original. She knows she's the sister of Michael Myers. So this follows after two. So we're all connected. Once you realize that, then it's kind of clear what's going on. So I will give H2O and Resurrection the credit of they omit trying to complicate the story. They keep it pretty basic where Lori has faked her death and gone into hiding, knowing that Michael is still out there. Right. She is kind of paranoid. She is always looking over her shoulder you find out she sleeps with a gun um (laughs) yeah going back to what you said a minute ago i took a lot of this movie from inspiration for the 2018 halloween where she is obviously suffering still from ptsd from the first uh, encounter she's raising her son in this case with a significant fear of halloween and going out and doing things which i think was done in 2018 with her daughter, maybe a little bit better, but it's interesting in this that they started that down that path. And so certainly responsible, I think for inspiring that. Yeah, I'm going to, so I'll say I, I am a fan of the 2018 Halloween movie. I thought it was really well done. It brought back Michael with like Mm -hmm. a vengeance. It was cool. It's brutal. Uh, But it was kind of funny this week and just saying a lot of like, getting the shit out, you know, speaking it out loud and being like, man, that 2018, not mm. as original as originally thought. Yeah. Uh Oh, could we <laughs> be going down the star Wars route? We'll get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm so excited. Uh, go listen to our star Wars episode to hear Jake and I just rip it to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan anymore. They ruined it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, 
Yeah, H2O, I actually don't think it's the worst one. It's not that bad. It's the shortest movie in the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it interesting being removed from Haddonfield, Illinois, because uh, Lori went into hiding. She's in California as a principal at this school. And so the yeah, whole she's... movie is more California, colorful, daylight. Like It just feels different than the other ones. Yeah, and this one is very specific and still very in line with Michael wanting to finish his business mm-hmm. of hunting Lori down. So the whole opening is Michael returns to Haddonfield mm-hmm. and he like hunts down Lori's nurse to find yeah. her records of where did Lori go, which I'm kind of not a fan of. <laughs> that. It would never happen if she was in witness protection or whatever. That would not, she wouldn't have that information. Right. And well, not only that, because it feels like we need, we have to get Michael to Lori somehow. How yeah. do we do that? Yeah. Uh, Michael investigates. Wrong. Michael mm-hmm. does not investigate. Michael yeah. does not do a full thought out process. He's very impulsive. Right. So I'm not a fan yeah. of him. It's better if he has like just this unexplainable magnetic pull towards her that he just follows her and kills her because that's his like right. He's drawn to it. Yeah. I I feel like I probably would have ripped into it for that decision too, but that would give me a better sense of uh disbelief or like you, I can suspend the belief for that. Um yeah. But yeah, I I don't care for him like tearing up the nurse's office, hunting down, where is Lori? And why the fuck, (laughs) if you had records of someone in hiding, would you keep it in the only bright red folder in your (laughs) office? Yeah. Maybe put it in a safe, (laughs) lock it up. You don't need it for a while. (laughs) Right. Like, very convenient. Or if anything, maybe don't label it Lori Strode. And on top (laughs) of that, Maybe use a manila fucking envelope because yeah. that's what you're supposed to use in the first place. <laughs> you might as well write Lori Strode's secret location where we sent her to hide from my <laughs> That's basically right. what it says. Right. Have big flashing arrow signs. Look here, Michael. Look here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, One of the so you got about it. H2O, though, is the cast. So Okay. You and I are both circling... Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he gets credited in this film. Like, they made a thing that Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt is in H2O. Joseph, he's Joseph Gordon-Levitt... He's, he's dead by the time the credits roll. Right! He dies in the first five minutes of the movie. And yeah. his character? Kind of a bitch. He's mm-hmm. kind of annoying. He's kind of a piece of shit. And you don't feel bad that he takes an ice skate to the face. Which yeah. is awesome. It is you awesome. don't get to see it happen, but you get to see his body. And I will say the ice skate to the face, very yeah. Michael Myers. Very yeah. Michael Myers. Like, yeah. give you props you for it. that choice. It would oh, be cool yeah. To see it. <laughs> that would have been cool. But yeah, it is funny uh, to be like, I saw him at the opening of the movie. I was like, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I love you. You're so fun. You're so young. This is going to be great. And then he dies. And then the credits roll. And they're like, starring all these people. Just and and they include night. him. Yeah, and they're like, and Joseph Levitt. I was like, yeah, I know, but he's gone. Why would we care? Yeah, but he's dead. Why? <laughs> like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking for his ghost to show up unless that's a new aspect that we're going to be introduced to. Yeah. He doesn't. He's dead. He's gone. There are no ghosts oh, yeah, in Halloween. Huh? There's your yeah, folder. The fucking, fold, Just... the fucking folder. It's in the trailer. <laughs> so, also... <laughs> right here, Michael! Right here! <laughs> introducing Josh Hartnett. Yep, so, and his first feature film. The, the first Halloween was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's. She is the mom of Josh Hartnett, who is uh, his first movie in this one, obviously. And she, he's 17 yep. in this movie. She was 17 in the first movie. There's a whole thing that happens where she realizes that. Uh, in the movie so that's kind of fun <laughs> and then it doesn't actually amount to anything it's like a detail they wanted to have amount to something yeah. and forgot about it um yeah. she like connects it in her mind as like a motivation but michael did never connect that doesn't care about that so it doesn't become a thing <laughs> yeah it doesn't it's a detail that doesn't need to exist um possibly then, though ll cool jay's in this movie too okay like he's like the most He's such a worthless character. I he's hate worthless. his character in this movie. No. He's he is so Oh my god. I can't stand like okay, he's let me important. rephrase. I can't stand He wants to be what they I can't stand what they chose to do with his character. Okay. That's fair. That's We're going to get fair. to that. I and you already know what that. I'm going to say. You already know. We're going to get to it. But it's it might be one of the most infuriating dumbass moments yeah. <laughs> in this franchise, but yeah. we'll get to it and we'll get to it. They, they um, wanted it to be lighter hearted than, than the movie should. Well, be. and I, I can't help but feel that he had it in his contract because this was in his hip hop days. So yeah. this was him trying to be like, you can't kill me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Too tough. Right. So my my favorite thing about H2O, though, Mm -hmm. is in the cast is that Jamie Lee Curtis got to star in a movie with her mom, Janet Leigh or Janet Lee. So Janet Lee plays the secretary, her secretary. They share scenes together. And I just I think that's really cool. Uh, Janet Lee also has the the car from Psycho Mm -hmm. in this movie. Uh, you see it briefly. I just, I, I love that, that Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, she did this movie. She said in an interview, she agreed to return as kind of a, a thank you to the fans of the first two Halloweens for sticking through the franchise for so long for supporting like for her career. Yeah. Right. And for, for being a fan of hers, because without that first Halloween, she wouldn't have had a career. Mm-hmm. So she agreed to be in this movie as a thank you to the fans, which I thought was pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. the cherry on top was like, she got to do it with her mom, who was also known as one of the premier leading ladies when yeah. it comes to horror thriller, even though maybe, her mom doesn't maybe, survive. But <laughs> maybe the first scream queen. Maybe, maybe. Um, or at least uncredited scream queen. Yeah. Um, so I just, I think that's a fun thing that, that had to have meant a lot to Jamie Lee Curtis and her mom that they got to do this together. Uh, her mom, like the secretary even has a line of like, everyone's entitled to at least one really good scare. And she rolls (laughs) her eyes at it. You're like, that feels like a meta line. Like I got my iconic scare. You have yours. And here we are Mm. doing this cheesy sequel. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because it's pretty cheesy. 
It is pretty cheesy. I feel like it's it's on brand for late nineties, early two thousands horror movies where there's a good yeah. amount of cheese fun factor in a what should be a scary dark movie there's a lot of fun in it so i can't help but feel every time i watch it and i was trying to find something in like the production notes and all that stuff um i couldn't find anything so it might just be speculation Mm -hmm. i really get the sense that the only reason this one got made is because of the success of Scream. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I feel the same way that this one exists in a post-Scream world, and I think it's really interesting. They even have a scene from Scream in this movie where it's on the TV, they're watching Scream, and so that's a horror movie that exists in this world. And... That's like a thing that happens in the other Halloween movies. We didn't talk about some of them, not all of them. But the first Halloween movie, John Carpenter focuses on, for a decent amount of time, the opening of Howard Hawks' The Thing on TV. And they're watching Mm -hmm. like a scary movie on Halloween. And that's like a thing you do. And so it's kind of a fun thing for me to see the movie references of other horror movies in the Halloween franchise. And as a massive fan of Scream... And a massive fan of Halloween. It's a weird, it's a weird meta thing that goes on. So Halloween was so iconic that it it affected everything that came after Halloween or a Scream came after. Scream was a commentary on Halloween. It couldn't have existed without Halloween and all of these other movies that it made commentary they, on. They even watch Halloween and use Halloween as mm-hmm. the the basis of the rules of surviving a horror mm-hmm. film. Yeah, they completely dissect <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and what it takes to be a Scream Queen and how she survived and all this stuff. And then you get to this point after Scream, and now Halloween is not immune from being affected by the scream meta and the meta has changed. And so now everything after that, even Halloween is affected by it. And so I think it's just a great example of how everything is built on everything that came before. And you kind of like get grow. Yeah. Like you build on it as you grow kind of thing. It's so fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree. I I kept thinking that the whole time I was watching this one, I was like, yeah, this really feels like scream worked so well mm-hmm. that they thought well we gotta do what Scream did but we'll do it with Michael Myers we'll just bring him back <laughs> Like, right. why not the dude can't die this is awesome uh, I don't mind H2O I actually it, I don't know if it's cause the timing that it came out mm-hmm. you know for when I saw it and stuff but I don't mind H2O I do wish it was a little longer I wish there was a little less spectacle in it with mm-hmm. like what we just saw with the van, um, which is crazy that they show that in the trailer. Yeah. But um, there is one part of H2O that I, I'm just constantly like, why are you in this movie? You don't, I don't believe you have this girlfriend. I don't believe you would be <laughs> friends with uh, Josh Hartnett's character, and that's the guy from Jumanji, yeah, <laughs> who plays the young version of Robin Williams' character. Uh, he's obviously like a teenager in this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, no offense to that actor, but when he shows up in H2O, I'm like, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I know. Too, like, every time he hugs his girlfriend that first time, I'm like, oh, you're the creepy friend that no one likes. And then they kiss, and I'm like, wait. Yeah. Wait. Wait, are you <laughs> like, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you brought up, oh, Cool J's trying to be a writer, so he's reading a, a sex scene from the, the book he's trying to write to his girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it stars God, Academy it's... Award winner uh, Michelle Williams. She plays Wimmer? Josh Hartnett's Josh, what? Michelle Williams. She plays Josh <laughs> You said Hartnett's Wimmer. Girl. Well, you know, <laughs> close enough. I got some of the letters. <laughs> Oscar Wimmer. <laughs> Oscar winner Michelle Williams. She is oh. Josh Hartnett's girlfriend right there. Yep. Before anyone knew who she was, which is also a fun thing with yeah. like these late 90s uh, slasher flicks or horror flicks, because it turns out there's a lot of pretty big names now mm-hmm. who were not then. So it's fun seeing them back then. That scene right there, that's a, I like that scene a lot where Michael and Lori are face to face for the first time in 20 years. I do like yeah. that. I don't like the mask. I think the mask looks <laughs> a little odd still. Yeah. Like the nose looks very pronounced. The nose <laughs> and the hair, the hair just feels like I don't know. It feels very like a like a kid brother kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, the, but the, they make a big I do deal like that. about Yeah, I liked it how they first met face to face again in a long time there and especially because the whole movie she builds up he's my brother he's after me because he's my brother and all this stuff um yeah. they play into that pretty heavily in this movie and his kills they go back to a more simple uh impulsive way of killing for michael in this when he arrives on campus mm-hmm. he doesn't really do a whole lot of like special things he just kind of kills uh, which yeah. I was very thankful for. <laughs> but yeah, I, H2O, honestly, like it, it has a low, I think it's like 5.3 or something like that on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a fair one, but it's it's not horrible. It's not yeah. good, but it's not horrible. Compared to 4, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. I like that they omitted four, five, and six for this one. I, I like that they were like, no, we're going to just kind of let's continue the Laurie Strode timeline because mm-hmm. she's the character audiences want. She's the character audiences actually care about and want to watch because no one gave a fuck about Jamie. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's honestly true. Yeah, it's. I think that it it works well, especially if you like or at least don't mind the late 90s early 2000s campiness of horror movies you just want a fun horror movie with characters that are likable enough and you want to see some cool people get killed in cool ways it accomplishes that it does now what i was alluding to before we get into resurrection um l cool j gets shot in the head and dies there's a giant pool of blood and then he rescues Laurie Strode at the last second from being killed by Michael. Yeah. And it's and they, a, they, they completely deflate the meaning of when he gets killed. So when he gets killed, uh, the guy, her boyfriend or whatever, like takes a gun and just shoots this figure and shoots him down. And you're like, you were at that, in that case, at that point in the movie being very 
excited and defensive and you're like, yes, you need to do whatever it takes to survive. And then you realize, oh, no, you just killed this guy that we all liked mm-hmm. and you didn't actually identify who he was before you shot him. That's a mistake. That's a problem right there. And uh, but then it doesn't end up mattering because he just comes right back, saves and, like there's so there's only a, a tiny bit of blood on the side of his head. And they try to save face with that classic Hollywood technique of uh, we just need one line to try and clear it up. Mm-hmm. And he's on the phone. And he's like, no, nah, baby, the bullet just skimmed my head. I'm fine. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like there was blood splatter. There was a pool of blood. I get yeah. head wounds bleed like crazy, but you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think I said out loud, I was like, you bled a lot for that bullet to face <laughs> your head. That's impossible. But then, you know, the van, so H2O gives you the kind of conclusion Lori you know they think they've killed Michael she takes his body with the intention of basically the double tap mentality like I'm taking his body and I'm gonna fuck it up to make sure this dude cannot come back she's very (laughs) which I totally appreciate she had killed him they all assume he's dead but she needs to be sure so she steals his body in the truck or in the van and ends up fully killing him, decapitating him. There's going to be no yeah. question that he's dead. And so that's a brave thing they, for a Halloween movie to do. Yeah, and they do kind of a weird thing as a Michael Myers fan, which kind of weirded audiences out, um, myself included, until you get resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael is pinned between the tree and the van, Remember, he can't like you can't kill him normal ways. Right. He's completely crushed. It would annihilate any human being, not Michael. But he like starts reaching out and they try to play like that sentimental music behind it. And she's Mm -hmm. like reaching her hand to him. And you're kind of like, why is he being kind of sentimental in this moment? I feel like Michael would if he knew like this was the end he would not be going out sentimental. It would be like, I'm okay with the reaching out, but maybe do it in like an aggressive way where he's like trying to kill desperate suddenly trying to. Yeah. Um, But then we get, now we can jump to resurrection. Yeah. Which I I do feel is a forced sequel. I feel like this was a cash grab. It's not only forced and a cash grab. It's, it awkwardly undoes so much of what H2O tried to do. So H2O yeah. was like a reset, ex- ignore the timeline we were on. Let's bring Laurie Strode back. Now we're kind of fixing things and we kill Michael Myers. And so we can do we, like interesting things. Yeah. We like conclude the story. Yeah. Completely conclude it. And then in the opening of resurrection, they undo all of that. They're like, just yeah. kidding. Michael Myers wasn't killed. <laughs> And Laurie Strode is in like a mental asylum and let's kill her immediately. Let's not have her in the rest of the movie. Yeah. uh, That's my biggest problem with resurrection. And I have several problems with resurrection. (laughs) Um, I'm okay with Michael swapping bodies and it ends up being the paramedic. One of the paramedics that gets beheaded beheaded, because then that explains why Michael looked 
kind of sympathizing, kind of reaching out like yeah. in a help me way. Uh, it, mm-hmm. They explain that. I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with Lori being in the psychiatric hospital, being nuts, mm-hmm. knowing that Michael is still out there coming for her mm-hmm. and feeling kind of like super shitty because she killed an innocent man whose only job is to save lives right. um, or main yeah. job. That came out wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they take yeah. an oath and, to protect life. Yeah. And, and she, she killed him. <laughs> it's her fault for making assumptions that she killed him before she took off his mask she didn't realize yeah. that this could be a guy that couldn't call for help or explain anything because Michael had crushed his larynx and, yeah. and he's just like desperately trying to get her attention. Which is also, that's very in line with a Michael Myers thing. He, yeah. there are plenty of people he chokes to death and they've established from the very first movie. He's got like some super strength, whether it's right. supernatural super strength or just the dude is powerful Mm-hmm. it's very believable that he could take someone's larynx and just crush it with, yeah. you know, his bare hand. Um, totally. And I'm not a doctor, so maybe that's actually more doable <laughs> than I realize. I, I imagine Don't blame me. I, even sissies like you and I could do that probably. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I love the opening. The one thing in the opening that I feel like sh- I would have done if I was Laurie Strode if I'm in that asylum and I'm locked up and I'm dealing with all that and I know Michael's still out there, or I'm concerned that he's still out there. She should have done what Sarah Connor did in Terminator two and just get jacked. Just start working Fuck out in your yes. cell every day, get jacked. And then when he comes, you'll be able to fight him. I, I agree with you a thousand percent hunt. Like, yeah, she should have pulled a Sarah Connor that would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> oh my God, that would have been so cool. Um, but we do get Michael shows up. They have a confrontation and Michael kills Lori in the before opening credits. And that pisses me off every time I have yeah. watched this movie. I'm like, it- Lori is so iconic. Lori is so important. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. with her dying. But why couldn't you have just turned this movie, like, make that whole opening the movie? You should have just made that your film and Mm -hmm. still kill her at the end. You could have killed her at the end and let Michael survive, and Mm -hmm. it would have been a more satisfying conclusion Mm -hmm. because, you know, Michael's mission, if you will, is over. Yeah. And Lori is now dead. But instead, we get it in less than 10 minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, there's still a whole film. And then they include her in the opening credits, just like yeah. they did Joseph Gordon-Levin. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's so awkward to me. And the whole, the way she dies and she like kisses his mask. And I do like when she's like, I'll see you in hell, because I always yeah. like when someone says that. I like when Han Solo said it in Empire. I like it when Loistro says it here. I'll see you in hell. It's just a badass thing to say before you die. But yeah, it feels awkward. And um, and to be that early in the movie, it's so weird. Yeah. And then reality TV meets <laughs> Michael Myers. Yeah. This is a very <sighs> early 2000s. <laughs> Post Scream movie. This is the one that feels the most like, oh, look how successful Scream was. Let's do yeah. that with 
with Halloween. And I, I feel like I get that vibe from the main girl in this movie. I like, I like that girl. I like that girl and her like main protagonist role, but she feels very much like a, uh, a scream heroine where they're like, let's take her. Let's kill Lori. Lori is done. Kill her immediately. This girl is now our main character and her experience and her PTSD and all this stuff is what we're going to carry forward. Right. And it doesn't work. The problem, well, there's so many problems, (laughs) Um, but a big problem with Resurrection and with a lot of the sequels, honestly, Mm -hmm. and Rob Zombie's remakes. It's like a recurring mistake that has happened so often. You almost wonder if they're not mistakes. Um, You never give a shit about Michael's victims, except for in that first Halloween. (laughs) Like you feel bad for the babysitters. You feel bad for the the hospital staff Mm -hmm. post Halloween two, You don't care about the people that Michael cares because they're all so annoying and they're just bad people and resurrection doesn't try to change that. I hate the characters in resurrection, hate them all. Tyra Banks, irritating Buster rhymes. He's my favorite rapper. Annoying. He's annoying. I I always laugh though at his, like he's like a fan of Kung Fu movies and he always like, yeah, He's kind of funny in some parts, for, but he's generally annoying, and everybody is. But he's annoying. Uh, and then they do the same thing that they did with LL Cool J, but with him. Like, yeah. dude, you got you got jacked by Michael Myers, and here you are like, no, bro, I'm alive. And you're like, no, why? <laughs> like, oh, stop sure. doing this, Miramax. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I do like Michael's mask in this movie, minus the you can see his eyes, because yeah. I don't want to see his eyes. But it looked like the mask itself, they, they kind of were trying to get back to a, a creepier look to it. Yeah, uh, I mean, the dark eyebrows is a little too makeup-y, but there are shots in the house, yeah. in the shadows, where the mask is a little effective again. Yeah, it, I, I don't sure. feel like his mask has really been effective for a long time. Uh, but that guy, who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh, the guy who's the the least memorable friend from American Pie. He's in this yep. movie, too. Yeah, he dies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you don't care. Like, that was a, that's a problem. You should care about the victims because that's what makes a horror film like that's what makes it tense that meant yeah. that's what makes it scary is you care about the characters so when you have a full movie where you don't care about the characters and they start dying one by one you no longer watch it with like a oh shit you're watching it like about time you should have killed mm-hmm. them earlier like or you should have killed them in a worse way why did you only stab him five times come mm-hmm. on uh <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I Yeah, this is a very I, I, early 2000s let's focus on technology movie as well where the internet is a thing now. This girl has like they have Palm Pilots that get emails immediately. I like, I'm not going to like completely forgot about Palm Pilots. Forgot <laughs> that they used it in this movie and when I was watching it this week, 
And she like pulls it out and she's typing and it's working incredibly fast for 2002. Yeah. She's got a stylus. It's like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, it's a fucking Palm Pilot. I remember those things. And then he's on the internet, like streaming her show on the big, like on the TV, but on the computer at the same time, instant messaging her. (laughs) And I was like, none of this shit moved that fast. Are you kidding? I feel like this movie will weirdly hold up better for younger generations who are used to an internet show being streamed to people. Because I remember in early 2000s, there's no way this internet show oh, streamed, hell no. to, streamed to people. They all watched it. This guy like was broadcasting it to his TV while also typing on his laptop and sending her emails that she like, could get right away on her Palm Pilot. Didn't happen. Impossible. No. For for the younger generation, just to give you an idea of what the internet was like in 2002, in our younger yeah. days, uh, did you ever hear the dial-up tone? <laughs> that yeah. pretty much tells you everything you need to know. And when you try to load a photo or mm-hmm. a news article, you, you would click on the link and you had to sit there for mm-hmm. minutes, sometimes... Yeah. Half and hour or longer. <laughs> even at the cutting edge, when you could stream a video, like a live video, it's about the size of a postage stamp. It's in quick time. It's the shittiest little like quality. You can't see anything. So yeah, it's impossible. So, so pixelated. It's, so it's, pixelated. It's really funny to watch it and know when this came out. I think if you watch it now in the world where all of that's possible at any given moment, it makes more sense. I... I sadly have to agree with you. I think of the whole, like this one might hold up the best just because it was ahead of its time. And you're like, it's such a bad movie to be ahead of its time. Yeah. (laughs) But internet did not work near as well as it does in this film, but that's just a Hollywood trick. Uh, But the Palm pilot really made me laugh. He's in the house. Run. (laughs) God damn it. Not even text messages arrived that fast, guys. Come on. Yeah. It it reminded me of like, I meant to look it up. It reminds me a lot of House on Haunted Hill where there's a lot of like video recording through like camcorders. Yeah. And I didn't remember when first. That is a hor- uh, This one did. That okay. is a horrible movie though. <laughs> House on Haunted Hill was real bad. Uh, but there was one that was even worse. Uh, House of the Dead. That yeah. one. Oh my god. Dude. Yeah. House yeah. of the Dead. If you've never seen that one, folks, don't. But if you feel masochistic, watch House <laughs> of the Dead. Whew. They at least got the they at least got the Myers house, right? Like, so yeah, the Myers house, it and they they tried to like make it look dilapidated and no one's lived yeah. in it for years, which I said at the start of this episode, like, why would you move into the Myers home? So I like that they're back at the Myers house. I I do like the idea. I wish it wouldn't, wasn't a reality show shtick. Mm -hmm. I think it could have been, I'm trying to stick with the idea of keeping Lori dead before opening credits. Um, Had it been like a, uh, like just a, a few people 
just making like a little documentary or like, hey, paranormal investigators going into the Myers home to spend the night. I think that would have been better, which it, it kind of is. But this movie's more of like the spectacle of the reality show. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been more interesting to have them kind of doing like a case study on Michael Myers. Uh, yeah. That would have been cool. Which they kind of allude to in this one, but it's all set up with fake props. I mean, there's an an arm that's made in Taiwan that they make a joke about. There you go. Hey, you just missed your, uh, your big-ass knife. knife. Yeah, look at that's that fucking thing. Biggest fucking knife ever. It, you, you said earlier, every kitchen has these knives. No kitchen has that knife. No. no. <laughs> that's like a shovel. That thing is massive. That thing's huge. It's as long as that guy's so on. Big. It is. <laughs> Bigger than his head. Yeah. But yeah, Resurrection just... Uh, it's a big letdown. And it, you, yeah. it kind of makes sense that 2002 was the last time we heard anything Michael Myers until Rob Zombie remade it. Yeah. In 2008? Seven. Eight? Seven? Eight? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I, it, it's- if you take Michael Myers killing people seriously, it's a huge letdown. If you don't mind early 2000s super campy fun horror movies that happen to be about Michael Myers, then it's all right. Yeah, again, not the worst one in the franchise. I mean, yeah. obviously, although I'm a huge Michael Myers fan, I think it's pretty clear I'm not a big fan of the sequels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I, think, I don't think that's uncommon. No, no. But man, the sequel's just not great. Um, but then we go for a five-year hiatus where there's no talk of Michael Myers. Everyone thinks that he's done. Uh, the yeah. franchise, I think audiences kind of felt the franchise had been ran into the ground. Um, yeah. Which it, it kind of, yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with that. But then so, Rob Zombie. Yeah, for the first time, entirely rebooted, ignoring the first movie, ignoring everything. Let's make it yeah. from scratch. Yeah, we are rebooting, remaking, and we've got Rob Zombie, horror aficionado, musician at the mm-hmm. helm. And this is coming hot off the heels of like House of a Thousand Corpses. And I think. No, that was the only one. So it was House of a Thousand because he did uh, The Devil's Rejects after Mm -hmm. Halloween. Um, But this like it made sense. The formula made sense. Yes. Rob Zombie makes perfect sense to make a film to make Halloween. And he was pretty clear when he was making this one of I'm going to show you Michael's childhood. Like we're going to see what his family home was like to give a possible Mm-hmm. explanation as to why he's so violent, why he's this kind of killer, mm-hmm. um, which I was okay with. I honestly, I know I said earlier, like I don't need a backstory on Michael, but I'm okay with seeing his childhood, at least a, yeah. a small glimpse. Obviously mm-hmm. we only get to see two days worth of his childhood before he kills his, his, uh, mm-hmm. his sister. And suddenly, uh, not a stepdad, but like a his mom's boyfriend. Yeah, um, but you, I feel like you get a good representation of what his home life was like 
like what yeah. he was experiencing, how his mom was, how his mom's boyfriend treated him, all of this stuff. I, other kids. I will say, and this goes for Rob Zombie's second installment as well. Um, I think he kind of went overboard. I think yeah. it would have been fine to tone it down because one, I mean, we hear the word fuck like 40 times in mm-hmm. the opening sequence. And yeah. you're like, this is just, it, it becomes mind numbing to a point. Like his sister is pretty vulgar. She makes, mm-hmm. you know, masturbation jokes while her mom is right there. The baby's in the, but she's like to her little brother. And it's the way that she is, does it. Her, her mom's ver- boyfriend is pretty inappropriate sexually towards his like ostensibly stepdaughter. Yeah. He's saying like, she's got a great ass. I'd get in on that. And the mom's like, the fuck you just say to me? Don't ever fucking fucking say that fucking ever fucking again. And you're like, yeah, okay. Now the dialogue just feels like you wanted to say fuck as many times as possible, but that's kind of a Rob zombie thing in all of his movies. All the characters say fuck excessively. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we get it. You can move on. Um, I will say Rob Zombie does something very well in the first Halloween where he makes the brutality mm-hmm. so unnerving that you are like you are uncomfortable as it's happening. And I think mm-hmm. we didn't feel that kind of discomfort since the first original Halloween. So I give Rob Zombie a lot of props for that. The brutality just makes you feel ill. Um, Yeah. And I think a lot of that is this movie is treated much more realistic. And even, I I think you would think that even looking at it isolated on its own in a vacuum, but especially as we're watching it in a series and we're coming off of the campy funness of the last two movies, this is a jarring, realistic, gross in some ways, serious in a lot of ways, violent movie. Yeah. And I remember watching this in the theater and, uh, oh, so I guess I did see not just, Halloween 2018 in the theater, but this one as well. Um, I remember watching this and thinking several times while watching it, like, Jesus fucking Christ. This yeah. is like, I, I'm like moving around my seat. I'm kind of antsy because it's just when, when does the brutality stop? But that zombie did that on purpose. He wanted to make it brutal. He want, And originally he only wanted to make this one. He wanted to make a singular Halloween film no possible reason for a sequel. So he wanted Michael to be human um, and just like wanting to kill. He did keep the idea of Lori being a sister. They talk about that pretty early in this one, actually. So it's yeah. not a big twist. Um, but I don't mind this one for a remake. I don't think it's a bad remake. I think mm-hmm. he got down to making Michael scary. I mean, yeah. and he's got Tyler Bain playing Michael and Tyler Bain is huge in general six, so nine. yeah yeah uh oh six nine i was close i said six seven at the beginning i was close i was two inches off damn that <laughs> yeah. was good uh yeah most audiences see. will know him from playing Sabretooth in the very first x-men movie from 2001 yeah uh, that's your michael myers <laughs> i think it was a jackson troy 
He was also a wrestler. Just so you know. Yep. But he's yep, a, there he's it a big is. Dude. He's a Canadian. He is a he's really big. Big guy. Big guy. Yeah. Um but he's effective as Michael because he's so yeah. looming. I mean, he, and I do love the the style of the mask in this because it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the grossness of it. I like that it's like kind of cracked and old. It looks yucky. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like he's been you know, it's been sitting around for twenty years while he's been in an asylum. Yeah. Uh, and and Rob Zombie did do. I think he did the callbacks pretty well. You know, with Michael wearing the sheet with the glasses, I thought he did that. Yeah, like you could tell that was a little nod. Um, yeah. It's Rob Zombie's Halloween is genuinely disturbing. Like yeah. you, you feel sick through a lot of this movie. Rewatching it because I haven't watched it for so long, and then rewatching it this week, there are a couple parts like. In the beginning, when Mike, young Michael is walking down the hallway after his sister and he's wearing the mask, like the way that scene or sequence is edited together and the, mm-hmm. the ominous music that's playing to it, I, I was sitting there watching it and was like, man, mm-hmm. like this is actually kind of a tough one to get through. And I haven't mm-hmm. even gotten to adult Michael yet. <laughs> like, yeah. And then the, the real violence kicks in when he's an adult. And there are scenes where I'm like, man, this is like okay all right like but i as a horror fan i like that so i i give zombie a lot of props there is one thing in this movie though that i i just roll my eyes so hard at yeah because i'm like god damn it you were doing so well with michael myers you were doing so well with establishing just this unrelenting force that's evil Mm mm-hmm and that's when he's got Lori in the the pool full of leaves. Or in the basement, sorry, in the basement. And he's handing her the photograph as if like, look, I'm your brother. Like, we're connected. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that. Yeah. 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 It's you <sighs> Michael Myers should certainly not be like emotionally trying to connect with her the, in like a Yeah. Like reminiscing kind of way, I I had totally forgotten that was in it, and when it happened, I was like, "Oh my god!" You yeah. just spent like an hour and twenty minutes establishing how cold-hearted and disconnected and evil Michael mm-hmm. is, and now you have him trying to have a human connection with Lori. Mm-hmm. God. Damn it. No, no, no. So heavy eye roll right there. I hate that part so much. Yeah. But no, totally agree. On the opposite part of that though, the ending to Rob Zombie's Halloween, I feel is one of the most effective and just like leaves you kind of stunned feelings mm. in a Halloween film. And that's like the gunshot, her screaming, and the credits roll. Yeah, that is so covered in blood. It is so like, and he holds the camera on her screaming before it cuts to the credits. And you're just like, oh, my God, I need to watch something calm right after this. Uh, So although I hate that's the the basement part so much, 
I feel like he makes up for that with how he concluded it. But I mean, he does the whole thing going through his home with Loomis and Lori trying to like fight and hide from Michael when she's in the ceiling and he's just like busting the ceiling apart with the two by four that I like that. There's so much, there's a lot cooler parts in Rob Zombie's Halloween that are very like, this must've been like, what it was like for audiences watching Halloween in the theater in 1978. Like you feel yeah. unnerved, you feel gross, you feel just stunned and affected. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I give Halloween the remake actually kind of a lot of props. Yeah. It feels like you can tell often when somebody is a big fan of a property and then they get to make their version of it. And yeah. there's tons of respect to the original in it but they also have their own personal take that may be darker or different in some way. And so, yeah, it certainly feels like he had a very, I think it's a very good reboot in the sense that it had a very healthy respect of redoing all the great things of the original, also building on it, modernizing it, making it scary again for later generations, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I don't mind the remake. Like I, I, for the most part, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah my- I would. I, I would say that I. I like. I agree with you on your sense that showing him as a backstory, as like a kid and his motivations, and kind of what drove him to do this. Explaining those kinds of things is a very like late two thousands up into right now. Our villains are very much explained, complicated, realistic, multifaceted, gray area kind of characters. And I I get that, and I like that. I do have a little bit of a disconnect between seeing this kid murder his sister and mom's boyfriend, then seeing him in the hospital talking like a normal kid, talking to Loomis, talking to his mom, he's fine. And then we jump to him being a silent, murderous man who's like older and your my, normal Michael Myers, there's still a disconnect there. And so yeah. it, it doesn't, it's never going to fully flesh out until you explain, explain every detail. And so I still think the best thing is to not even have any of that and have it jump from yeah. silent, silent murderous kid to silent murderous adult. I, I, I agree with you on that. I would say uh, they could have Rob Zombie could have, and should have, skipped pretty much the whole asylum sequence when he's still a kid talking Mm -hmm. with Loomis and Loomis is like, Oh, you don't remember the murders at all. And he's like, when do I get to go home? I think they should have skipped all of that. I think it should have gone from Michael in the back of the cop car where he looks at you as the audience. And then they, Mm -hmm. they like do that fun editing where you find out he's not looking at you, the audience. It's like a camera crew is there. So he's Mm -hmm. looking at the camera crew, fun little editing thing. To be like, he didn't quite break the fourth wall, but he kind of did. Um, I think it should have cut there. And then you could have cut to Loomis telling him, hey, this is the last time I'm coming. You haven't spoken Mm -hmm. for 15 years. I think that would have been a better edit. Yeah. Because it would have established like Loomis's fear of Michael. Because I do feel Loomis's a little too loving to Michael. He even calls Michael like, you're my best friend for like the last 15 years. You just don't talk to me. Yeah. I, I think that kind of gives 
like, uh, but in like five minutes, he's going to escape mm-hmm. and you have to be on your like, I got to kill him. I got to kill this guy. <laughs> uh, so I think I think omitting a lot of the asylum would have been better. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael's escape from the asylum is fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And his whole like thing with making masks and wearing masks and hiding behind masks is cool. A lot of everything Rob Zombie does is cool in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad it did not translate when he made the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, that's a good transition point. And I, I will say the I generally like the modern trend of explaining villains and their motives and things. I, I think that's totally cool and fine and important in some ways as well. But I also think it, everything is circular and we will probably go back to, I saw a meme the other day that was like, uh, these villains nowadays, they have like complicated characters and shades of gray and all these different, like different facets of backstory. And then it showed like, villains when we were kids and they were like Skeletor and Cobra Commander it's like no bitch I'm evil like I'm just evil I'm evil because I'm evil and so I could see us going back to that bitch I'm evil because I just am yeah <laughs> I like that yeah reason. I agree I, I think we we need the villains again that you don't need an explanation there doesn't need to be a oh the broken home um woke culture style villain i think mm-hmm. i think the most effective villains are the ones that you don't get the backstory on you and i mm-hmm. just did our whole villains episode and a lot of the villains on both of our lists there's not really backstory to them yeah and it and the backstory you do get is like oh they were evil right out of the gate so okay <laughs> like, right. yeah that, i mean it's <laughs> There's something to be had for having sympathy for the for redeemable characters, but sympathy for completely evil characters just makes them less f- less villainous, less evil. Yeah, it it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, yeah. yeah, so we go into Halloween two, which I will I have to put like little asterisks on this one because Rob Zombie had originally been so adamant to not make sequels. He yep. did not want to make one, but he only, he signed on to do Halloween 2 so that no one else could make it. He figured mm-hmm. if someone else makes it, they're going to like royally fuck everything up, so I'll yeah. just sign on and make it. The irony to that is he royally fucked it all up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at least the same guy did it. But at least it was him doing it. I did find it interesting and prep for this and reading tidbit and production stuff on, on all of these, uh, Rob zombie has like disowned his Halloween movies due to the amount of studio interference that he had to deal with when making them. Interesting. I thought that was interesting. And I think that sheds a little light on why Halloween two is so bad. The Rob zombie Halloween two, um, because it all feels forced. None of it feels like a genuine continuing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the dialogue so is worse, the, it's so different. It's so fucking weird. Suddenly, like artsy and and there's this whole subplot of this 
white horse and his this Michael Myers sees visions of his mom and himself as a kid who's talking for him. It's so artsy and, and weird and not like they can at all. They can interact with the real world by like physically restraining Lori at one point and talking yeah. to Lori to the point where Lori can respond. Um, they. <laughs> It does interesting things where it picks up right after the end of the first one, like the original Halloween 2 yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. She goes to the hospital like the original Halloween 2 did. Uh, she, it ends up being, I think, mostly a dream, all of the stuff that happens. Which, can't jump ahead, let's, which is let's just say something right now. Uh, I can't think of specifics, and I've been trying to, and then I'll forget and do something else, because... We're also trying to prep for next weekend's episode, which is also multiple films to prep for. I think yeah. we need like a singular film coming up so that <laughs> prep work doesn't feel so daunting. Agreed. <laughs> but that's for when we're not recording. Um, <laughs> turning a cool sequence because a hospital sequence in, ha- in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 mm-hmm. is actually pretty cool. We're seeing yeah. a little bit of it right here. It it feels dire. It feels intense because Michael, he's doing the same thing from the original Halloween 2 where he's like hunting her down. And now she's super vulnerable because she's in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, Multiple casts on obviously just yeah. surgery. Yeah. And Michael has shown up to the hospital. He is just mercilessly murdering hospital staff look out for octavia spencer before people knew octavia spencer as one of the nurses um i had to pause it and look it up i was like is that her that's her she's like that's octavia spencer in like a fraction of a minute (laughs) roll yeah but then to turn this real cool opening concept into a dream sequence what a fucking letdown. <laughs> yeah. Like of of the whole franchise, I have watched this movie the least amount. In yeah. fact, this week was only the second time I've ever seen it since it came out in 2009. Oh wow. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. remember shit from this movie. And then I rewatched it and the dream sequence was revealed and I was like, "Oh yeah." Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And Michael Myers is like a vagabond hobo guy who doesn't, doesn't wear his mask all the time. You see his real face for the first adult face that you ever really see is in this movie. He's got a big old beard and he's kind of a cool looking guy, but he also says the first word that you ever hear him say in this movie. He breaks a lot of rules in this movie. Yeah, uh, he also grunts a lot in this movie, which is a new thing. He uh, was like breaking the windows down, like, and I was like, "Is is that Michael Myers making that noise?" Yeah, do that, which just feels out of character. It just, oh, God. Um, yeah. But then, honestly, with as much going against this film the cherry on top of the downfall for me personally, and this is exactly in line with what I just said a little bit ago. I hate the characters in this movie. All of them. Like 
that includes Lori. They take Lori, who you actually like quite a bit in the remake. She's sweet. She's mm-hmm. like the only sweet friend out of her group of friends. Yeah, uh, I thought she was she was good recasting. I felt like I liked her about as much as I liked the original Jamie Lee Curtis. She was good. Yeah, in the first one. And then in this one, like I get she's going through PTSD. I would get that. That makes sense. But now she's like this weird rebellious wannabe goth yeah. fuck up uh, who's yeah. got a Charles Manson poster over her bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not an red expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not That's an expert. But when you go through something so traumatic, I'm not even using a Michael Myers scenario. Like, just Mm -hmm. trauma. Mm -hmm. Do you lean into that? I mean, okay. (laughs) That's a method to do it. Is it? I mean, it's a really unhealthy method. In my opinion, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to stir the pot. But I just, there's very questionable things involving Laurie Mm -hmm. Strode and and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 that I feel like her character, I feel like her character would not do this. I yeah. don't think her character would want one of America's most notorious cult murdering leaders above mm-hmm. her bed where she sleeps. I don't yeah. buy that. And um, it's unfair to fans who know that Lori is a pretty smart girl who is, comes was raised in a pretty decent way that she should know how to more health a healthier way to cope with that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot wrong with the character. Um, I think I wrote it in my notes. I think Rob zombie put too much of his personal likes in the film mm-hmm. as nods to look how obvious it is to be a Rob zombie movie. Look, there are serial yeah. killer posters everywhere. Look, everyone looks like white trash. Look how grungy and dirty the, yeah. everything in the movie looks. And you're like, there's n- naked chicks with fake breasts and everywhere. There's so there's- much nudity. Yeah. At the fucking concert or like the yeah. little Halloween concert party they go to. There are naked dancers on the stage with this local band. I've yeah. been to several local concerts. Not mm-hmm. once Never has there once. been naked stage dancers. I ugh, There was so much in this one. I was so annoyed watching it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to lie, Jake. It took a lot to finish this movie for me. I was like, it's worse than I remember it being. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I care to finish it. I like, I was like, I might pull a first for our show and just make the decision not to finish this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The worst part for me is the, there are, there are so many scenes where Michael Myers is this hooded giant dude who then has a the kid version of himself which is a different kid version than the last movie they couldn't couldn't get the same actor actor he grew up too much in two years probably uh yeah that's exactly what happened (laughs) who's speaking for him and talking to his vision mom in a white dress and there this chick and they have a whole they have so many conversations back and forth about Oh, you want me? Is it time, mommy? Can I kill her, mommy? All this stuff. It's too weird and too much. Right. And okay. 
Let's talk about the decisions with Michael's mom in this film. First off, I think she's forced and Rob Zombie just needed a reason to have his wife in his film again because she's in all of his movies. I respect that they always want to do projects together. I think that's cool. Um, She's worthless in this movie. Uh, (laughs) She's so pointless in this film. But also, she feels like a giant ripoff of Jason's mom. They do the whole shtick that Friday the 13th has been doing since the second part, where the mother, the spirit of the mom, is kind of the fuel for Jason Mm -hmm. to keep going. When they... When Rob Zombie rebooted Halloween and you meet Michael's mom, she is the only character in his family, Lori the baby excluded because she's a a baby, Yeah, where the mom is like, you sympathize with the mom. She does a good job of making you feel so bad for her in her situation because it's like she is in that trap of... I can't get out of the situation I've kind of put myself into inadvertently and I can't get out. I wish I could. And she's trying to be loving and she's trying to be affectionate towards Michael, even knowing like, Hey, you brutally murdered your older sister. Like how does a parent cope with that? She doesn't cope with that. And then Michael kills a nurse and she really doesn't cope with the fact that her child is just so, detached from the world that he will kill. So she kills herself. Like there's a lot of sympathy for her in the horrible situation that she has created or like invested into. And all of a sudden her spirit is in the second one where she's telling Michael, like kill him. Yeah. Be brutal. Like she's fueling him. She's trying to instigate violence. And I just don't (laughs) agree. I'm like, no, the character you showed us in the first one would not ever encourage yeah. Michael to murder. Yeah. This feels barely like a sequel because of that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel the same at all from the last movie we saw. Yeah. It's there's so much. I am not a fan of how often they show Michael's bearded face. I'm not a fan of mm-hmm. that. Um, I just, God, there's so much to it that I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Why isn't this movie over yet? (laughs) And it it does feel long as fuck. It feels like it goes on forever. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It really does. But I'm a little bummed with the studio interference on this one because Rob Zombie came out and was like, I'm going to kill everyone in this movie. So he was going to kill Lori. He was going to kill Michael Loomis Anyone that was a major player, he was like, we're killing them all, making it definitive so that there cannot be any more made. And then the studio was like, well, you can't kill Lori, so don't do that. But apparently his original vision was Lori was going to kind of crack and like turn into Michael suddenly. And while she's getting ready to rampage, she was going to get shot down by the Haddonfield police force. I would have been all right with watching Lori get shot up and killed in this one because her character really annoyed the f- just absolute <laughs> hell out of me. <laughs> well, that that's so similar to four, where Jamie becomes a yeah, like him. yeah. So <laughs> Rob Zombie made two of them, and only one of them turned out to be worth anything, in my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. Actually, I have yet to meet someone say that. 
Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 was a good film. If you are out there, <laughs> give me your defense of his film. <laughs> very curious, yeah. I'm very curious. I'll, I'll be very open-minded to hear your point. Uh, yeah, I just don't... I hate that one so much. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think regardless... Rob Zombie got his wish, though, where they didn't continue that trend and they completely not rebooted, but reverted to the original timeline and did the second requel, if you will, if that's a thing, and made Halloween 2018, which is the direct sequel to the original Halloween from 1978. Yeah. And this one, I'm a fan of. This movie's pretty cool, even though now I'm kind of re- considering some of the choices made in it, if it was that influenced by the horrible sequels, I'm a little worried now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even I think it takes all of those sequels had nuggets of ideas that were executed poorly, but I think this maybe takes some of those and does utilize them, makes them better. This is a yeah. good movie. It's probably a a good move. Best Halloween movie we've had in a long time, but it's so interesting. I like this style for one thing. I like the angles. I like the yeah. slowness. I like all of the the teases and hints of are we going to show his face? No, we're not. Um, it feels very original Halloween style, just in modernized, like fully modernized, but keeping what you liked kind of thing. And so I, I like the the style of this movie so much. I remember watching this trailer for the first time. I'm still getting goosebumps from the trailer because it's put together so yeah. well. You instantly are like, there's a lot of doom coming back to Haddonfield. Like, you just understand that so early on. <laughs> like, ugh. Uh, I do like this movie. I do genuinely like the 2018 sequel. I love that Laurie is back. I love that. I, I actually like what they've done with her character. Well, what they did with her character in this one, um, yeah. where she has dedicated her life, knowing that Michael will probably inevitably show back up. Yeah. Like she just has this understanding. It's unfinished. Michael will get out. I need to be prepared. Yeah. I need to protect my family. And I, I like that. She's so dedicated to being prepared. I, I do mm. like that. Um, yeah, it's well done. The brutality in this movie is on like the same level as Rob Zombie's brutality. Yeah, <laughs> it's, as he just drops those teeth. The into teeth, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not just that. I mean, when he stabs people, the the woman that he kills with the hammer is such yeah. a like. I remember watching this and just immediately being like, "Oh God, you used mm -hmm. a hammer." Like, gross. Uh, yeah. The kid on the, the fence that he stabs through the, the jaw. Like, yeah. now this this movie 100% felt like Michael Myers was back. I remember mm -hmm. I had a coworker who, he's like me, huge Michael Myers fan, hates the sequels. Mm -hmm. And I saw this before he did, and he was like, don't tell me anything. Like, wait till I see it, and then we'll talk. And I was like, we'll go see it. And he went and saw it after work, like, that Friday. Because I, I went to the Thursday night premiere. And did yeah. I see this one with you and Christy, or did I watch this alone? 
I don't remember. Maybe. I don't remember either. Oh, man, I wish I could remember. But I remember just being so excited when I was watching it. And then he went and saw it. And he came up to me. And I was like, you saw it, right? And he goes, oh, my God. Michael Myers is back. And I was like, I know. Like, he's back. This felt like a Halloween movie. This felt, Mm. it was almost everything I wanted it to be. Um, I say almost because Danny McBride does a really good job with this movie. He co-wrote it. Uh, I think he even co-produced it. Um, and I really like the darker side of Danny McBride. I, I think that was really well done. But Danny McBride has a problem. Okay. And that is he can't help but throw as many quips as he can into like as many scenes as he can. So I laughed the first few times with the little kid uh, when like Michael shows up and he's like, oh, shit. And he runs down the stairs. That's a funny scene. I like that scene. But the kid has so many lines where it's like the kid's not a stand up comic. He's not going to be this witty. Um, (laughs) That's in that situation. Right. So there's some parts in the movie where the the witty quips I feel are just mm. like unnecessary. Don't do it. There Let's is move more, co- more comedy in this movie than normal. I, I, I mean, I laugh at the dad's jokes talking about how he got peanut butter on his penis. That, and it's a funny yeah, thing yeah. to say, but it's not really a Halloween thing to say. Right. Right. Um, but the little quips were not enough to like, take me out of the film. I still very much enjoy this movie. I I do watch it, not all the time, but I do watch it fairly regularly. Uh, It's a very effective Michael Myers movie. This one also, because the cover of the Blu-ray for this one and the poster was the profile of Michael Myers. And Mm. my daughter, I knew it was effective again because she saw that cover and she was like, Dad, can you like cover that up? It's like, (laughs) you don't like seeing that one? And she goes, no, Dad, I really can't do it. And I was like, all right. That was a couple of years ago when it came out, but yeah, uh, yeah. The the mask we ragged on masks in the past. The masks in this these movies are good. They're back, yeah, to being good. We are back to the mask, and it's effective and mm-hmm. eyeless again, and it, it's like daunting, very, very daunting. Uh, mm-hmm. That opening when he escapes, like d- this whole bit is brutal but the part to me that really made me as the audience understand uh that there really were no limits to the brutality of this movie i mean michael myers at this point has been sitting in jail for how many years Mm -hmm. like what 30 40 years something like that now yeah Uh, at least 30 yeah so he's just been like stewing in his own rage for this whole time. So when he lets loose and starts killing again, it makes sense to me that the brutality would be heightened. That would be on yeah. a new level. And what made me really like, yep, I get it was when he kills the kid. It was like mm-hmm. the first time a child has actually been murdered by Michael and he doesn't just kill him. He like smashes his head against yeah. the fucking car so <laughs> like yeah he's he's got that pent-up brutality for sure yeah but this i do like this one a lot there this movie has a lot of scenes in it that i like 
audibly was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, oh, you fucking did that. Like, beheading the cops. That was, br- I mean, finding the yeah. heads was like, what? <laughs> the, like, it's it's a, a funny, cute thing that Michael does, but, and it's kind of unique to this movie because he doesn't really do it in any of the other ones, but I still right. think it wor- works in a weird way where he beheads the cop, then pulls out his, like, insides of his head and puts his giant maglite flashlight up into his head so his head's like a jack-o'-lantern and like yeah like in his on his lap in his cop car i'm like that's creepy and terrifying and kind of out of (laughs) character but also cool as fuck so i'll allow it right right like that that is one of those moments you're like it's it's a little excessive for michael on the playfulness Mm -hmm. but it's so cool that yeah i totally all for it um, I, I really like the dynamic between Lori, her daughter and her granddaughter. I think yeah. that's one of my favorite things in this movie actually is that, that family dynamic, how they're like estranged still. And, and the, her daughter is still mom, you got to move on. Like there's no reason to be this paranoid. And then she learns, Oh no, she's got every reason to be that paranoid. <laughs> Yeah. But I really like that. I like the survival aspect of this movie because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it turns into is how do you even survive Michael yeah. Myers? Yeah. And it's a really interesting how the trauma that Lori experienced, she passed that along to her daughter and her daughter grew up within that trauma, still kind of has it imprinted on her and rejected it for the most part, didn't really yeah. want anything to do with it but ended up kind of benefiting from it and knowing like it works. Like her mom taught her what to do and she did end up needing to know what to do. Her mom was right in the end. So it's a cool kind of mother daughter story in that way. Know what I do want to know though. Well, where has Lori been working all these years to be able to afford this badass home out in the boonies <laughs> with like yeah. secret lair in the basement with the revolving mm-hmm. island? Like, that's just cool. What job have you been working that you can afford that? <laughs> she Did you probably, get a huge? She probably sued the sanatorium and <laughs> Loomis's estate and all this stuff to. The the town of Haddonfield's like we'll buy you off. Yeah. Don't don't fuck things up for us. <laughs> yeah, you like caused me all this trauma and yeah killed all these people. It's your fault. So pay me a bunch of money. Maybe maybe, but yeah no. This was like this was a a breath of fresh air, especially coming off that disastrous Rob Zombie Halloween two, uh, and mm. especially coming off of all the other sequels. For Halloween, you know, this felt mm-hmm. like okay, someone did their homework, someone got back to basics, someone mm-hmm. actually understood these characters in this story. It felt very much like a uh, not like a love letter to John Carpenter, but a like, hey, mm-hmm. we want to continue your original vision. So this is this mm-hmm. is what we're doing. I yeah, think that's but- really cool. I think it comes out. It's a legitimate return to return of Michael Myers in this movie, yeah. I think. Yeah. And the ending's pretty cool. I remember, oh man, when they trapped Michael. Like, it was the first time I felt almost wanting to cheer for Lori and her family mm-hmm. of how they, like, trap Michael in the basement and set it on fire. 
It's yeah. so satisfying. You're like, mm-hmm. yes, there's no way he can live this time. Like he's, this is it. Yeah. yeah. Of course, if you're a movie nerd, you at this point, you already knew like a trilogy was in production. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, there's no way he can live. And then your brain goes, there's two more movies. And you're like, fuck, yeah. he's going to live. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and he's survived gunshots, decapitations, being on fire before, being blown up. So, uh, right, right, no, nothing. But remember, all that had been omitted with this one, so yeah. the rules were supposed to change. You would think I say supposed to because, <laughs> yeah. So the house yeah. is on fire. We get that cool shot of them in the back of the truck everyone's bleeding out the granddaughter's holding the knife and they do that real close up to the knife and that's Mm -hmm. like the freeze frame of it and i took that as is the granddaughter like is this situation going to like what is it going to do to the granddaughter i felt that was a very purposeful Mm -hmm. very uh foreshadow of something coming for the granddaughter yeah, um, she is holding that very intentionally as that is Michael's weapon, always has been. She's carrying it now. Yeah. Why Why would you take that with you if you're getting into the truck to leave this burning building? Right. I mean, everyone's just covered in blood. And it's like, it's just, it's so well done. It really was well mm-hmm. done. Uh, and that was like, I, I was so satisfied with the ending of Halloween Uh, And then they do that close-up of the basement, though, where it's all on fire, and Michael is no longer standing in that spot. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. where did he go? Or is he, like, on the ground? But he can't be on the ground. Where'd the fuck he go? Yeah. But then we get Halloween Kills. All right, so should we, like, huge... Obviously, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. This will be our... Like we did with James Bond. Mm -hmm. Kind of review breakdown. Completely understandable that you may not have seen Halloween Kills. It just came out. Uh, I don't feel bad about spoiling a movie from 1978, but I do feel bad about spoiling this movie. So if you wanted to see Halloween Kills, go see that first because we spoil a bunch of it. We are spoiling the shit. Give you our feelings about what we thought about it. Um, Yeah. So Halloween Kills. I'm going to start off. uh, That trailer Mm -hmm. is so bad ass i love the trailer that shot i love using the trailer as like look how michael survived he's killing the firefighters you got laurie and her family in the truck screaming no let it burn Mm -hmm. let it burn Mm -hmm. and of course they're not going to let it burn because they're just doing Mm -hmm. their jobs uh this preview is so effective i remember when they first aired it in the theater when i was able to go to the theater again and sitting with the audience and hearing audience members being like nope uh-uh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh-uh. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to jump into it because I know you've been wanting to hear it. Christy's been wanting to hear it. I've got a bunch of other yeah. friends that have wanted to hear it. Uh, what a letdown. I Thank am you. not a fan of Halloween Kills. This movie I was hugely oh. disappointed in this movie, primarily because I did love the 2018 one i thought it was a great return to form and i expected more of that same people making it same writers same directors but it didn't feel the same at all it felt completely different um 
I hinted to it with when we were going over Halloween 2018. Uh, Danny McBride's writing, and I I am calling him out because it it feels like his sense of humor. It feels like his style of writing. How many fucking witty jokes do you think you need to throw in a movie about a mass murderer? There should be hardly any of these jokes in these situations. But no, we get everything's a joke in this fucking movie. The first half is boring. Uh, I don't care about the characters. Anthony Michael Hall as the adult Tommy, I was excited for. He's irritating. He's so like, no, no. I I was honestly irritated by every single person they brought back. And we're like, look, here's this person from the original movie who's all grown up now. Yeah. I don't. I don't care about you. This I thought of you with several moments in this where I was like, this feels like a member brain or member Barry's moment. Like, yeah, this feels forced. This this movie is not working for me. Uh, And then the townsfolk start hearing like, hey, is Michael back? What's going on? And they rally up. Mm. And I do. okay, so I do like the idea of this town rallying up and going through such like. Uh, mm-hmm. desperate panic hysteria to fight back against Michael who has haunted this town. The lore of Michael has haunted Haddonfield for so long. I like mm-hmm. that idea. I, I think it works well for the story. I don't think the execution was that great because I'm just so annoyed with the, the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wasted yeah. Lori in this movie. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it, it felt very much like, that they made the same mistakes in this movie. I think that they made in six, which is primarily, I felt I, I totally agree with the idea of this mob rising up and getting, you know, torches and pitchforks and trying to go after him and stop him. Cause they're sick of his shit kind of thing. I totally get that. But it then became, it felt like a commentary on no, the fear driving these people is really the villain because then they're acting irrationally and doing these bad things. And so they are more of a villain than Michael Myers. And he felt like a secondary villain then. Yeah. In that. And so it kind of took I mean, away focus. I didn't hate the movie. I really didn't hate it. The second half I thought was way better than the first half. I know I that was the one thing I did text your wife when she was trying to get me to give opinions. I was like, mm-hmm. the second half is better because it picks up and we it goes a little more Halloween-y than the first half is. Um, mm-hmm. But this movie does something that pissed me the fuck off. Like, <laughs> and you and I have talked about this several times in previous episodes where Hollywood mm-hmm. pulls the look how PC we are, look how inclusive we are just for the sake of being inclusive let's profit off of it that's called exploitation uh let's turn it into a satire let's let's have the pc moment and then make fun of like the inclusive part of it um right i have no issue with them having featuring like a gay couple in the movie cool Mm -hmm. i do have an issue when you turn them into like a gag for this film, yeah. Um, yeah. I I have a huge issue with how they, it, it felt so unnecessary. Like mm. it drove nothing to the story. It felt forced. It felt like Hollywood pulling their, look how PC we are. 
which they keep mm. fucking doing. And it's mm. always like, you're missing the point, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I love that actor, one of those guys in that couple, Michael McDonald from Mad TV. He's hilarious, dude. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that whole sequence, so, so many sequences of this movie felt disconnected and and awkwardly edited so i agree with you i think that danny mcbride gets credit for a lot of the writing and jokes and mood things that happen Mm -hmm. but i think joseph gordon green the director also gets a lot of blame for yeah the, the awkward editing of the movie and the mood in general the mood from this movie from the last movie is so different The last movie had so many interesting angles, interesting tension, interesting mood that this movie just didn't have. And even worse than that, it jumped back and forth between between characters and groups and scenes so much that it was like, we're at this thing. Let's jump back to this group. They have a very short conversation, throw some jokes in, go back to this group. It just felt disconnected and, and awkward timed i guess yeah that it, it didn't didn't work for me it felt felt the editing was so strange yeah i uh i mean the kills in this movie are really cool i will give it a lot of credit the kills are cool uh the mm. most worthless thing to come out of this movie though is the haddonfield pd namely yeah. their sheriff really like <laughs> None of you can serve a purpose. None of you can like, I was waiting for the moment when they're all mobbing in the hospital, fire the gun into the ceiling. That's a normal thriller cop moment. Yeah. In, in movies, you you shoot the ceiling and shuts people up. Yeah. Instead he's like, Oh, Oh no. Oh, Oh yeah. It's like, God damn it. Let's the mob run amok. And, I was hoping for more with the the little subplot with the the second escaped uh, patient, yeah. who they think is Michael Myers. Which okay, obviously I've never been in that kind of situation where I'm running for my life from like an evil mass murderer. Mm-hmm. But is it just me, or would it have been very obvious that the patient, the second patient? who is a short, fat, bald man, Yeah, is not the tall, lean, muscular... <laughs> like, I feel you would have still been able to be like, that ain't our guy. Instead, yeah. their Tommy is constantly like, that's him! Let's fucking kill him with the bat! Which we'll do close-up shots all the time of. Mm-hmm. Let's serve no purpose to the movie. Yeah, it seemed like Lori's daughter kind of initially started trying to... Well, she tries to help that guy lock everybody out, sure. But then kind of gives up on telling people, no, that's not him. And just kind of <laughs> yeah. lets it happen. And then it seems like Tommy does maybe realize that that's not him, but doesn't really try to tell everybody else around him that's not him. And so, right. yeah, they just they just let that guy get uh, demolished by this mob. And, well, you like... And, fly out the window i know that i was supposed to feel really bad during that scene because the guy mm. like kills himself i didn't care because <laughs> i was like there's so little build up to this and you've already yeah. made it clear that he, he's either gonna die being brutally beat to death by this mob 
or he's going to kill himself. Uh, one or the other's happening. Oh, he jumped out the window. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. that was so pointless to put in the movie. Yeah. Where was your thought on this? Um, yeah, I... Man, I was so bummed at the end. I was like, all right. I don't mm-hmm. I don't hate the movie, but it was a genuine letdown. Yeah. Uh, I just... I was so excited for it, and I was I, like... I was excited for the... the trilogy i knew there was going to be another one after this and so i was like yeah let's go i'm ready for this i love i love the first one i'm ready for the second one and now i'm like oh i don't like the second one and now i'm very <laughs> nervous about the I'm next a, one i'm with you i'm nervous for halloween ends if that's the official title that's their working title um mm. i am nervous for it obviously i'm still going to see it i'll probably see it at like the thursday night premiere because that's mm-hmm. what i do um, for sure. When I can. Uh, my daughter's always like, we'll go and have dinner and stuff and hang out. And then I drop her off at her mom's and she'll be like, so what movie are you going to go watch now? And I remember telling her, like, I'm going to go watch Michael kill people. This is going to be great. And then I watched Michael kill people. And I was like, well, the kills are cool. The kills are cool. Yeah, everything in between <laughs> is like, not. I, man, I was so bummed at this movie. I, and I, I was trying to tell myself, like, okay, maybe there are other factors in why I was so disappointed in this one. I thought maybe it's because I'm coming off of the, the high, the movie high that I had uh, after No Time to Die. Because that movie, yeah. like, affected me. It emotionally hit me. I, I mean, it's still sitting with me. So good. Not just because it's a great Bond movie, but, like, filmmaking, No Time to Die great Mm -hmm. freaking movie i was like maybe maybe it's the contrast is just too much and i was like maybe because i did have a group next to me on my left side who were like talking during the entire film they were texting each Mm -hmm. other during the whole movie so i was like maybe they were ruining the experience for me yeah and i was like but maybe the movie just wasn't good (laughs) <laughs> like I was looking at what other people were saying and I started seeing a lot of people sharing my mentality on it. And I was like, okay, I don't yeah. think it was because of circumstance. I think the movie was just genuinely mm-hmm. a letdown. I, I was like, I mean, it wasn't the new last Jedi. I don't hate right. it as much as that one. It did not kill the entire thing for me. I mean, if I survived Halloween four, five and six, I think I'll right. survive halloween kills um (laughs) yeah exactly but yeah i man i was so bummed with this movie but i'll give it some credit because i absolutely love the ending love the ending absolutely i was like okay there's my glimmer of hope for the final one for halloween ends um Mm -hmm. the whole time the whole movie i was like either the granddaughter or the daughter have to die. One of them has to go because they're not doing anything with Lori in this movie. Nothing. Right. She tries to get out of her hospital bed a few times and they're like, no, no, lay back down. Okay. Which felt weird considering when we're reintroduced to her, she is so like pumped. Nothing's keeping her back. She's capable. She's, She's survivalist mentality, and now she's kind of like, okay, I'll lay back down. I'll I'll, I'll share this weird 
romantic aspect with this injured cop. <laughs> yeah. And and they all lie to her constantly. They're like, no, no, no. Michael totally died. Don't worry right. about it. We've and they're like, control. <laughs> when she finds out Michael's alive, their re- response is basically like, our bad. Yeah. We didn't know what to tell you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, they back down, Lori. Tell Lori Strode that uh, Michael's still alive and she needs to get her ass out of her bed and help. Right, because she's probably the only person that's going to be able to end all of this, which I feel like, I yeah. think Halloween Ends is going to be the one where it actually ends. I, I do think that, um, and I'm excited for that. I do, I do. Yeah. I think her and Michael are going to die together. Like, yeah. Like it was meant yeah. to be. I think that's how it's going to conclude. Um but I, the whole time I was like, one of them has to die. You're not doing anything yeah. with Lori. Michael's clearly going to survive. Um, one of them has to die to be that added adrenaline push for Lori to just go balls out in this finale. Yeah. And then Michael, like, when he's in the center of that huge mob mm-hmm. and they all beat him to death, I was like, if anyone thinks that he's dead now, like you've never watched Halloween, but also there have been rumors circulating that although uh, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green were trying to omit every like as much from the the sequels as they could because they wanted it to wreck, but there have been rumors that they were going to go kind of a supernatural route with Michael, where he's able mm-hmm. to survive extreme things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think. I think they're going to do that because he's already sustained a handful of injuries that would put you down at this point. And then he gets beat to death by the mob. And I was like, there's a third movie. He ain't dead. And then we get Laurie's monologue of like, no, he's actual, like he's just the embodiment of evil. He's not human. I was like, there it is. He gets up, kills everyone, which is badass. That was cool. You have to admit those close-ups of him just being like, all right, bitches, you're all going to die. That was mm-hmm. cool. Seeing him like cut the guy's leg and cut the dude's arm off, beat Tommy to death. I was so glad Tommy died. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did not like Tommy I, at all. I, my only complaint about Tommy dying is I wish it would have been longer. Like, just yeah. hit him a handful more times, stabbing him a few more times. Like, I'm all right if we go excessive with this kill. Uh <laughs> Or bring back Paul Rudd. I preferred him. Or, you know what? They tried. Did you hear that? They did consider, they considered, let's bring Paul Rudd back to play Tommy, but it'll be like our version of Tommy, kind of mixed with what he had done, which I think would have been well done. I think think Paul Rudd would have been able to fit seamlessly into it, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I do too. But no, they got Anthony Michael Hall, who was just a big acting disappointment to me. Um, (laughs) Agreed. But when the daughter died, when she gets stabbed Mm -hmm. by Michael at the end, I was like, yes, I called it for one. Because I I always find like a sense of like, yeah. Uh, But also because I feel like there's there's a little redemption right there for this movie. Yeah. Killed a major character. Now, not only is Lori going to be like fueled and amped up because her daughter, who she has been, her whole thing has been protecting her daughter, protecting right. her family. And now her daughter died at the hands of Michael. But I'm like, 
not only is Lori going to be so amped up, but now the granddaughter is going to be on this like super adrenaline high too. So maybe the whole Strode family goes out together and they make sure they take Michael with them. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. Now, having said that in my track record with here's how it should be. Here's how I would do it means they're not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I think the granddaughter will probably live. I think that she will certainly be motivated to help. I mean, obviously, she's she's going to be a big part of the next movie, but I see mm-hmm. her living and Lori uh, dying probably. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like, it makes perfect sense if you kill Lori with Michael. Or you have Michael kill Lori... And then the granddaughter is the one that's able to take it up and kill Michael mm. in the end. I'm okay with that one too. Yeah. I'm just really, really nervous. <laughs> and I made the joke earlier that it's going to go the star Wars route where it's just going to mm. be like the laziest writing. It's going to mm. be, Oh shit. We're supposed to end it here. So just throw in stupid lines or uh, super mm. convenient props in moments and and studios have a problem with ending franchises killing the villain in the franchises i think that's why in uh six they were like oh let's actually just or in h2o they were like oh just kidding we're not going to kill Uh, right (laughs) It, it was somebody else entirely um that was a mistake so it could be that they're like no 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 we're not killing michael whatever we do he yeah. has to live, even though this story, we're, we know we're going to reboot it. We're going to start fresh in a couple of years. This is a closed trilogy, but Michael still can't die. He just can't. Yeah. So I'm nervous. It's weird saying that I'm not like excited, like super excited. Um, mm-hmm. I am excited though. Cause he's my favorite horror character. So um, if I get to watch him on the big screen, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I just really hope because I mean the the reception of it has not been great so I'm kind of hoping that their approach for their finale is hey here's what the fans did not enjoy watching maybe we yeah. should let's let's make some tweaks let's uh mm-hmm. do whatever but yeah Halloween kills on our scale. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it right where I put Akira that like 630 wow. area. Yeah. 637 area. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with you in this case. I think that it's in that 637 area. It's not, not good. Not great. Certainly yeah. not great. And just, and a lot of that I'm sure is disappointment that I was looking forward to it so much after 2018 Halloween and it's just not on that level at all. No, it's not. It's not even close to that level. I did not feel the peril like I it did felt in like that a completely other completely different team made it. I don't understand yeah. how this happens. So I I haven't looked into a whole lot of the production notes on it. I'm wondering if there was studio interference with it because it seems so sloppy. That kill's actually pretty cool with the light bulb. I do like yeah. that kill a lot. That's a cool kill. Um, what did you think about right after this? This guy, he just like keeps stabbing him. Oh, I was like, let's 
move on. I get it. I understand. But it felt like not a Michael thing to just be like, keep beating a dead horse in that case. You know, Right. Uh, I didn't care for him stabbing him in the back with every knife in that drawer until he got to the iconic Michael Myers knife. I was like, yeah. I'm pretty sure you would have found that first knife right on right away because he always yeah. does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know how to make that scene. Um, I hate it when he kills the the couple who are living in his home. I hate yeah, how they couple. treated that. Yeah, I hate how they treated that whole thing where they like try to go after Michael with the two different sizes of knives. So was it big John has a tiny knife and little John has mm-hmm. a huge knife. It was shit like that. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? They're yeah. If I'm in a situation where like, I understand my life is probably going to end brutally and not quick. Yeah. Why would I be worrying about like having funny little jokes or funny little moments? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> even their, their names, like Big John and Little John. I was so confused. I was like, I feel like they're a gay couple, but who, who, what gay couple calls each other Big John and Little? Right. John? I was like, so I we're getting so. I feel so bad for gay Little John that is called <laughs> Little John constantly by his <laughs> right. partner. I just, God, I hated how they handled that whole thing. Um, I, I, I thought the kill where he holds the guy's arm up and he stabs him through the armpit. Like that's yeah. a pretty, that's a cool, whew, that's a new way. Cause that's, that's gotta be a painful and paralyzing stab. Uh, yeah. but then Michael, but then he poses their bodies and I was like, what yeah. the fuck is this? Michael doesn't pose bodies. Michael doesn't pose bodies. Michael does not play music as a taunting tool what are you doing i was like this is so not the michael myers that i know what the fuck right. is going on i was so annoyed watching that i was like <laughs> oh my god and what's <laughs> like, worse i know that you know that's not him because you just made a great movie that was like him right right so why can't you do that again what why didn't you just continue here? like michael myers is not the kind of character not the villain you gotta worry about expanding on you keep Mm -hmm. him how the audience knows he is because that is proven to be the scariest version you want to terrify your audience you don't let it you don't have him play games you have him just when he shows up your audience Mm -hmm. should know oh fuck someone's going down like he's been stalking people their death is not going to be clean. It's going to be brutal. That's all you need with Michael. He's a killing right. machine. He's not going to play games. Stop having him try to do all these new things. Fucking stop. Right. <sighs> I was so annoyed with this movie, dude. I was so annoyed with it. Clearly, I still am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I was too, and I'm, I'm so glad that I wasn't uh, crazy for thinking that. Nope. Oh no! As soon as Christy texted me, of like, does this get any better? I was like, oh, they hate it. Oh my god! I was like, okay, the second half is better, and that's where I left it. And she was like, did you like it or not? And I was like, you gotta wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, but I wanted to be so bad to be like, oh my god, it was not good. I'm so disappointed in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm, so we'll see. We will. 
this timeline has Halloween ends coming out next year. So it may be too late. They may be deep in production if that's true and that to change it and that get worries feedback me. that way. Yeah, yeah, that does worry me. Um, but yeah, I just, man, it's so funny to me how I'm just not a fan of the sequels of this whole franchise. I have all the movies though. Right. Cause it's all my care. It's my guy. But I'm yeah. like, how does a franchise be so bad <laughs> and yet yeah. crazy successful in creating this mm-hmm. iconic character? Like, how do you do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. If we're looking at this list, Halloween, great. Halloween 2, good. Pretty good. I'd say really good. 4, meh. 5, meh. 6, really not great at all. H2O, kind of fun, but very different. Not that great. Resurrection, everybody agrees, pretty bad. <laughs> Halloween 3, underrated. Obviously, I think is pretty good, but nobody sees it because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. Right. Halloween 2007, pretty good considering what it is, but also very uh, dark and gross, and a lot of people don't like it, understandably. Two, Halloween 2, 2009. Oh, nope, not that, that's not good either. That was 2018. 2018, great. Halloween Kills. Oh, this isn't going well. This isn't good either. So, <laughs> it's so that's, for- like, that's like two great movies, three <laughs> decent movies, and the rest not great. If, if we're going off of trend, then Halloween ends. It's just going to be a massive, like, oh my God, why'd you even bother? Um, yeah. It's going to be Curse of Michael Myers all over again. It could be. You know, it's funny. Curse of Michael Myers gets shit on, like, the most. Mm-hmm. Personally, I can't pick between those three, four, five, and six, which one I yeah. like the least. Yeah, and I can't pick fair. which one I like the most. Like, I'm on this weird, all three of them are just equally so bad. And they yeah. just do stupid things that annoy me equally throughout all three of those. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. So for such an iconic character, he hasn't had a great batting average. I know it just, it is really baffling. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm not even going to try to do like, what order would you put it in? I'm going to, I'm going to try and simplify it for you. All right. Okay. Which one would be like the worst one for you between okay. Curse of Michael Myers yeah, or Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Mm. Oh. That's rough. Oh. <laughs> I can't say Curse of Michael Myers because I love Paul Rudd so much. <laughs> so it has to be Halloween 2. If you said between Halloween 2 and 5, Revenge of Michael Myers... That would be hard because I barely remember five and I just saw it this week. I don't care about it at all. Um, I only those, brought. And, and those two have so much in common between being like having a psych, like telepathic connection between yeah. the characters. So the, those are the worst for me, for sure. Yeah. I was trying to think last night, like, which one would I claim to be the worst? And I was like, I don't know. I really don't know which one I would hate the most. And then, like, as we were talking today and going over everything, I'm like, you know, I'm a huge fan of his music. I'm a big fan of his first Halloween movie. I really like Devil's Rejects. Um, Mm -hmm. But Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, man, 
it might be up there with like Spider-Man three for me. It was yeah. so bad. And I've only seen it twice. And now I look at the spine. Cause like I said, I have all of them. I have every mm-hmm. Michael Myers movie and I see the spine of that one. And I'm like, why do you exist? Why are you Put here? It in the trash? <laughs> but I can't bring myself to do that. Cause like I paid money for it and yeah. I don't know. I have like, yeah, I've got this stupid movie loving nerd brain where it's like, I need the set, even though I don't like the set. (laughs) Yeah, you're a collector. But it's so weird. I will always uh, love Michael Meyer. I think the character itself, especially in that first movie, man, there's just nothing like him. There's nothing like that Mm -hmm. first one. It's so good mm-hmm. too bad yeah, the franchise couldn't follow <laughs> he's perfectly effective and he's been able to break out and elevate above everybody else he's freddie uh is not freddie krueger's not the same level jason right. Boy, he's not the same level he's just uh, stands alone at the top of the pinnacle well it's so funny because like you look at his sequels you look at this list of movies and it's like man you could have made all these sequels with Freddy or with Jason, mm-hmm. and they probably would have worked great for those characters. Yeah, having like the secret society. Oh, you're a a vessel for the gods. Would have worked great for Jason. Killing teenagers, having sex, that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, would have worked great for Freddy as well. Like, hey, you're a yeah. vessel. We brought you back from the dead, and here's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't know. I feel like poor Michael Myers has gone through the same problems with every film he's been in minus the first one. Mm -hmm. I'm including Halloween too, the one that I actually like a lot, but I'm including it because it it still falls into the sequel thing of like, well, we got to add where they keep trying to do that. Let's make Michael do more. And you're like, Mm -hmm. if it's not broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Yep, that's what it comes down to. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But that was fun. I guess we'll see. We will. That that was fun. Yeah, I I think if obviously it's the season. If you want to watch Halloween movies, it doesn't get better than Halloween. (laughs) Even the ones that suck, you can just put on, and they're still fun to see people get killed by Michael Myers. Yeah, I've got a yearly tradition where... Every October, you know, I watch 31 days of horror films, so I've been watching horror like crazy. Since we started this show, though, due to episodes coming up, I've had to include, like, normal movies in this as well, so it's kind of, like, jumble. But Halloween Day, I rigorously follow this. I always watch Trick or Treat and that original Halloween. Like they have to be watched on that day. It's my tradition. And it's just those two perfectly sum it up. And you got to watch Halloween on Halloween. Yeah. Duh. Duh. (laughs) It's what it's made for. Isn't that someone's slogan? I don't know. Maybe don't sue us. (laughs) If it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any money. (laughs) Movie boners is not for profit. So, so you alluded to it next week. We have non Halloween movies that we are also watching and preparing for and trying to fit in. And uh, it's the 
the third in a series. It's been a while since we've had a random 10 episode, but we're getting back yep. to it. Random 10 part three. I don't know what we'll call it, but it'll be funny. I yep, promise. Yep. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, this is kind of becoming like mm-hmm. it's the third time we're doing this. Part of me feels like it probably won't be the last. So we'll pull a, a franchise thing. Yeah. Probably. Uh, what's funny though, <laughs> is when you were spinning your wheel, yeah. right? Your randomizer. Yeah. Did you feel to you like, man, you were just giving me nothing but shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I will say I don't, I, all of the movies that I got, so you didn't explain it, but oh, we yeah, have, yeah, yeah. we sp- spin a wheel and watch just 10 random movies that it gives us that we have never seen before. So if it gives us a movie we've seen, we skip it. And it did give me several things that I'm sure will be shit there. It gave me some old movies. I have one silent movie on there and it gave me one movie with actors that I know that I know was a real movie that I didn't see or didn't really hear about, but I know it came out in theaters and is a legitimate, like big production. Yeah. movie. So I have one of those. The rest are, are very weird and different and interesting. I'm very excited to tell you about. I got, um, I got a ton of stand up. And so, like, when we do these, I will skip uh, the stand-ups mm-hmm. and the documentaries and obviously movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I skipped one that was, like, the the 2018 season of motorcycle, 12 motorcycle races of this, like, Grand Prix thing. I was like, I, no, I'm <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I don't know what it is with mine it constantly gives me like middle Eastern films and like, mm. uh, what was that one that I told you? I tried to watch the last time we did this. Oh man. It was like that. You got like several Egyptian. Yeah. Ones yeah. So you- I, I keep getting Egyptian ones and I'm like, Nope, Nope. I will follow the <laughs> rules as closely as possible. But that first, uh, experience with that Egyptian film that I tried to watch, it was like, hell no. Hell no. I'm like, you got to give me something here. <laughs> but it gave me yeah. 10. Um, there is one movie that I've actually heard of on my list. Okay. Like, nice. I almost thought that I should not include it in my list because it's not like super popular, but it was popular enough to gain like decent viewership and all that. So I, mm-hmm. I'm on the yeah. fence if I'm going to keep that one because it just feels too mm. not what the point of our random episode is. Okay. But I'll let you know if I watch it or not. Maybe I'll have it as like Sounds good. extra content. But <laughs> Yeah. I like our random 10 episodes because something weird always happens. <laughs> you Sometimes you watch a movie I've always wanted to see randomly or sometimes you watch a movie that you had wanted to see that you had just talked about on a yep, previous yep. episode and it randomly comes up. Actually, all of the luck seems to happen to you. Right? <laughs> seems to have terrible luck. He, but. You, uh, you seem to get stuck with like the weird nudity in movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't think I'll have that this time, I have some very interesting ones that I'm very excited to tell yeah. you about. There's, uh, so it'll be, there is one on my list. Uh, when I looked it up, what it was that I was like, Oh shit, that might end up being just an incredible movie. But I have 
several foreign mm-hmm. films on mine. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I've got one from Ghana. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. I have a French one. I think I might have two foreign. I have ones a French one. I can remember. I have a French one. I've got nice. one from Spain. I've got one from Ghana. Uh, It'll be our foreign film episode. Kind of. Uh, oh, those might be the only ones. The rest are like not foreign film. But anyways, I did watch one of them, yeah. so I have checked one of them off. I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, one. Me too. Uh, yeah, it should be a fun one. So, if you want to hear some. Some of the goofiest fucking movies that you did not know existed. <laughs> Go listen yeah. to our our first two random ten episodes. This will be the first one that we'll have on YouTube. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do what we kind of did during the Halloween episode of like showing you either the trailer or posters or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Some context, yeah. some visual context. So it should be a fun YouTube episode to yeah, do. But they are fun. Uh, make sure you follow social media and all that good stuff. Um, at, at movie boners on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. Dustin's been putting stuff. If you want to see fun movie facts, go to TikTok. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I am sharing them on like our Instagram stories as well, but it, it helps more if you go to our TikTok. So go to our TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very new. So we're yeah. trying to get it out. I have, I will say I've gotten like yesterday, I got several, direct messages from people saying like loving these these are great so thank you guys for enjoying them uh i will keep it up yeah i'm full of useless i love that interaction (laughs) yeah it's perfect it is well that's i like you and i have been like trying to figure out what we're gonna do with the tiktok and i was like i'm just i'm just gonna lay out some random facts so yeah take control i like it uh, yeah, your turn to come All up right. with something too. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, I'll think of something. I All promise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next yep. time. Happy Halloween. <laughs>